Welcome to Super Fight Freaks Podcast. I'm your host, the H-Town Hitler, and I'm joined by my boy, D-Raz, the Chinatown Coon. D-Raz, let him know how you're doing, man. I'm out here. I'm alive. I'm doing well. What about you, uh, uh, H-Town Hitler? I'm still, I'm still living, breathing, uh, waking up every day uh, with, the, with a smile on my face. How about that? Uh, what else can you ask for? Um, look, man, as always, it's been a couple of weeks. You already know how we do it if you've been listening. Uh, you should be thankful. It should be a surprise every time you are refreshing. You see that there's a new Super Fight Freaks podcast to uh, consume. And uh, look, as you also know, when it's been a couple of weeks, we come out hard. We come swinging out the gates. Uh, always a couple of weeks late, which is good because we get to simmer. We get to find out what we really think. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully give it to you in a way that you haven't heard 10,000 times already. What's most important, what I think a lot of people miss with our format, they think they're just being, oh, they're just, those guys just lazy and, you know, they're talking yeah. about old topics. Uh-uh. What they're missing is we don't report. On, we're not ta- we're not here to cover what happened. We're here to cover what people said about what happened. We're here to show you where they were wrong, why they're stupid bitches and why we're correct. That's what we're here to cover. So that, that's why we have to wait a couple of weeks to cover events, because we want to allow everyone else to come out there and make their stupid wrong opinions and show you who they're shilling for and all that. And then we, we tear those people apart. So we have to, you know, there's a, there's an order of events we have to wait for. Exactly. And it's very calculated. It's very calculated. I don't know what show you came to listen to, but yeah, this is, we don't talk about, we talk about what's wrong with, you know, with, with uh, all of these sports and that begins with, you know, the coverage of them. So, we well, look, are you, are you, are you ready to be honest? Are you ready to call a spade a spade? Are we ready right. just to put it all out there? Because look, let's be honest. We're in the age, the age of subversion. We're in the age of lies. We're in the age of deceit. It's peak clown world. So as D Raz said, we let everybody say what they have to say. They program you. And then we come counter program and show you the light every week we give it the option would you like the blue pill or the red pill without further ado let's commence um this is something not a lot of people are talking about okay and uh quite frankly i haven't heard this mentioned at all and i'm really ready to put it out there with swinging hot we're gonna gonna start the little wrestling topic okay i'm sure all of you have heard of aew you know it's the uh, the outlaw mud show on tbs every week Mm -hmm. Are you are aware that they killed that guy in the ring last year? I think uh, Cody Rhodes killed him, exposed him to COVID, and then he he had a lung infection and died. Uh, Brody Lee is everybody Brody aware Lee, of that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. I didn't know they killed him, but yeah, I knew well, he died uh, Cody very he, abruptly. It's a sloppy shop over there. They didn't have the protocols. You could make an argument yeah, that the working conditions didn't do him any favors. And I'm not even. I I don't really want to imply that, but I'm gonna softly. Just kind of throw it out there. I think a lot of guys saw his uh, star uh, trajectory where he could have been, and maybe they didn't want that. Maybe they didn't want him there that time next year. So as we know, he was wow. taken out of the picture. Uh, sloppy shot. Problem solved. Problem solved. He's gone. However, you had the widow, you had the wife, and you had the little boy. Uh, he, and he goes by the moniker negative one, Tony Khan, you know, and such a sweet gesture for likes and retweets. You know, he, he signs this kid to a little mock contract. And then for the next couple of weeks, we got to see this little retard waddle out there and be a part of the shows. And it, at first it was kind of like, you know what? His dad just died. All these negative wrestlers. Negative one is Brody Lee's son. Negative one is Brody Lee's son. He's like nine years old or something. I, I don't know. Wow. It, I, and, that's uh, a kid too. Are you, are you not aware of any of this? 
No, I, I they know. they threw a mask, a little lucha mask on his. Kitty. No, I know, I know about negative. Okay. one. listen, yeah. I'll tell you, I I knew about that, sh- and I'm not here to speak a little dead. I'm not here to say anything, but my opinions of people don't change once yes. they're no once they no longer inhabit this earth. Because to me, that's the most scumbag thing you could do, is you have an opinion about someone, you have morals, and you hold these truths to be self evident. And then as soon as that person bites the dust and they pass on from this life into the next, everything changes. And you remember all the good qualities about them, you know? If yeah. you really like that person, you would have liked them when they were here. Well, I got to be honest. I wasn't a big Brody Lee fan. I don't know him personally, but as a character on TV, I thought he was the shits. Well, so once well, I heard he died, I didn't look into it. I didn't go through his family tree. I didn't realize negative one was his. Now, negative one, I don't know if you're, is that, is he actually a kid or is he an adult? No, it's a kid. It's a fucking nine-year-old or something. It's a it's a Negative kid. one's actually a kid. Yes, there's no there's that that's not anything a part of what I'm dropping. Yeah, that is a kid. I'm not what going into that fuck? further. Well, he shouldn't. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, so you know, a couple of weeks he's coming out there and uh he's on TV, he's cutting promos, he's actually better than most of the roster. Uh <laughs> Anyways, it, 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 it's just the typical uh, uh, garbage, sloppy shop bullshit you come well, to expect every week. Mutants like Marco Stunt on there. I don't want you, you know. I don't know who's a kid and who's an adult. When well, he actually cut a he actually cut a scathing promo on Marco Stunt one of those weeks, and it was actually popping. Uh, unfortunately, he is a child; he doesn't need to be in the ring. Anyways, he's been being, and this is where it starts to get really dark, and you really start to question, "What are you watching?" And this is when you really start to look around the room, open and close your eyes slowly. Look around and say, hey, say, hey, does anybody else see this when I'm seeing? Am I the only one getting these kind of vibes? Well, uh, Brazilian woman wrestler, uh, Tay Conti, Tai Conti, she starts being escorted out to the ring by negative one, right? And she, like most women wrestlers, she dresses like a thought. It's all about her ass, pussy, all that. that you know, that, that's her character. So after the ring, she does her little sexy dance when she wins. And she has negative one right next to her. And there's been more than once where negative one is looking at her boobas, looking at her poopas, and <laughs> and she is kind of like, it's, it's a little weird because she sees that he's looking and she kind of stops and then they hug each other. There's a lot of IG videos being posted where she's like wrestling around with him. This is like a nine-year-old boy. Oh, my God. So it's really, you know, you're kind of it's just at the stage where he's going to start liking women, but he's going to think he actively has a shot with this woman. It's going to totally cripple him. Because he's not going to find and you're not going to find a nine year old girl attractive when there's like a 28 year old girl that's trying to jump your bones <laughs> in your own mind. It just really yeah, fucks oh with my, you. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's insane. But but, you know, it's kind of like, well, she's just being nice, whatever. Recently, she posted on either IG or Twitter. One of those things is like, she, I, I, I don't know, a picture of them hugging or something. Right. And he's always shirtless, too. So that's the other kind of weird aspect of this. The boy yeah, is that's why I shirtless. thought it was an adult because I've seen him in the whole. How would you think that an... thing was an adult? Because the Marco stunt guys are fucking apparently. He's <laughs> right, right, I guess fair enough. Well, anyways, That's, she posted a picture of them hugging and grappling and all that. And she wrote she wrote this comment. Right. And, you know, I almost need to pull it up. Hold up, man. G- give me just a moment. Actually, I- I'm going to pause things and I'm going to unpause things. Or I'm ready to drop this bombshell because this needs to be said verbatim. OK, give me just a moment. All right, we're back. And, and I-, I got it here verbatim. This is uh, this is what Tay Conti had to say about this nine year old shirtless boy that she can't keep her hands off of. Uh, this is her Twitter. OK. Uh, so it's a picture of her hugging him from behind. They're getting real close. And uh, she put a uh, he makes everything easier. Heart, heart. 
I'm so blessed to have him in my life. Then she uh, continues with a bunch of quotes that he said to her, and she's typing these, okay? First quote, you're too pretty and you don't need any makeup. I describe you as pretty with a funny accent. Everything will be okay. Breathe with me. Sit down and relax. I'll get you a water. Can you rub my back? Heart emoji. What the fuck? So, how's that even a cute quote? Well, I don't even understand. How's that a. Oh, okay. Now, now, so here's my question. I had to set all that up to, 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 to bring it back to this. Uh, uh, th- th- this is the main crux of it all. Will AEW die if that favela monkey gets a negative one pregnant? Or if negative one gets that favela monkey pregnant, rather. Listen, I looked up Ty Conti and admits all that. If, she, if, if he gets her pregnant, is AEW done? Um. Yeah. No. 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 They're not done. If they, they, because I mean, what's the difference? You let him wrestle, and he, he's like literally featured on the show. Um. Uh, so yeah. I mean, there's no turning back from that. Yeah. I don't. So think- if he fucks her at nine and gets her pregnant, I don't even think that's the end of her career. <laughs> I mean, all right. Yeah, Tony Khan will figure something out. Um, I looked it up. You know what? You know what's fucked up? Yeah. Not only they're ruining that kid because obviously he doesn't have a shot with her. Uh, not only is she like you said, you know, he's eight or whatever, and and that I looked it up, and that's true, guys. He's eight or nine. She is like she's like twenty nine or twenty eight. She's not. She's prime. like a, a fucking a dime. She's like extremely, extremely attractive. You know. So it's not it, just any 28-year-old off the street. It's like a fucking one of the better 28-year-olds you could get. Oh, it's top so, yeah, shelf. I mean, solid deal. Do you think he even misses his dad? Oh, no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to admit, listen, I'm not saying, you know, I'm sure Brody Lee off the, he was a cool guy. I'm sure he, I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure he was a great guy. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just saying, if you wait, like, all right, your dad's going to be dead, but. We're gonna you're gonna start being on TV. You're gonna be a wrestler. You're you gonna get the do fuck a, Ty Conti. You're, you're gonna be a Ty Con. That's a good deal. That, that's right? that's hard. Oh yeah, you'd be thinking long and hard, dude. Or the next <laughs> time he like, yell at you to fucking get off of Fortnite or whatever, he'd be like, you know what? <laughs> you're done with school, I guess. Yeah. Or you're gonna be doing homeschooled now, and you're gonna be uh, wrestling. So you're so let that know. rustle around in your palate. Cause I got something else to to, to a real palate cleanser. Actually, uh, uh, fat female wrestler Jordan Grace. I don't know if you guys are aware of her. Yeah. Go ahead and type that name in Jordan Grace. Uh, she uh, she's kind of one of these wrestlers that tries to portray herself as like really strong, but she's just fat. And uh, <laughs> she kind of does have this weird flat stomach thing going on and like, you know, big ass. But then you look at her arms. The arms are the great revealer. The arms are fat. So <laughs> right. that, that, that's just about her physique. Well, anyways, some, she posted. I think she was on IG Live or something. But uh, she was like uh, doing like this deadlift session, right, on IG. <laughs> and I, I guess she's going up in weight. You know, she's using these bumper plates. So it looks oh. like it's 3,000 pounds, but it might just <laughs> yeah. be 180. You know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's uh, doing a, uh, a deadlift, and she straight up pisses herself. Uh, <laughs> piss leaking, dripping. And, oh my uh, gosh! What you know, she fuck? just kind of looks down at it at her snatch, kind of <laughs> steps around the puddle, then like goes to turn the live off or whatever. Yeah, straight up pisses herself, dude. <laughs> Are you telling the truth? Yeah, dude. That's I've seen that several times. No, that really happened. Yeah. That, look, oh, I no. joke on this show, but I don't lie. Uh, so she know, pissed herself on IG live, huh? Oh, straight up, yeah, in front of yeah, live. 
or I hope it was live because then she either if it wasn't live, she made it into a video and just uploaded it. Like, who cares? That's embarrassing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's fucking that's disgusting. I hope uh, you think you could beat her in a fight. Uh, what do you think? Is yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I think I could beat her and her little husband, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I have a friend. You think she's a we... coal burner? Just by looking at her. She's a what? A coal burner. <laughs> what is that? Uh, what do you think it is? A coal burner? Yeah, what, what color is coal? Black. Yeah. You think she's a coal burner or not, man? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 no, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, she oh. is. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Okay. So, look, yeah. and, and this is not a threat to her. This is just a reminder. Uh, the toll will be paid. Jordan Grace, maybe not <laughs> tonight, maybe not tomorrow night, but rest assured, as always, the toll will be paid. Oh, yeah. 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 The house always wins. All right. And then things are always set right. So <laughs> yeah. don't worry about that. Uh, th- th- this is a really dark. Uh, uh, this is going to get really fucking dark for a second. But uh, well, you know what? Look at open the blinds. Look, look out there. Yeah. Why not? Uh, l- l- you know, l- let's get real fucking dark with it. Uh, there was a uh, in just, a, you know, just a classic example of toll paid. There was a. Uh, this woman somewhere in Europe, I don't remember, but all her social media like advocates for migrants and Black Lives Matter and all that shit. Well, anyways, unfortunately, she was on the train late at night somewhere in Europe, and uh, she was one of the last people to get on that train, and she was the last person to get off. And when she got off, there was just uh, one jogger on the train with her, and the security camera you know, caught it, so you can see the beginning of it. Well, anyways, he attacks her. The next morning, they find her body all mangled to this bunch of pictures of her, you know, like body just, you know, completely raped, pillaged, killed, murdered. And the uh, the first comment on the uh, the article that I saw, it says status is a toll status, toll paid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man. Anyways, yeah. you know, it's like everything you advocated for. Well, there it was. I, I wonder if she so had she a change died. of heart. Oh, yeah, she died. And you I, know I, what? I wonder uh, if she had a change what's... of heart in that last moment. In the last couple I, I, of breaths, you know, you know what's crazy for us, and and I feel like personally, I I gotta stop you right you. there. You know, we're doing this whole moniker thing. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Your name, you know, uh, is very common now be, be, because of the Browning of America. My oh, name yeah, is yeah. very specific. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, then edit it out. Yeah. But I'm you know what age to. town? You know what H? Yeah. That that. I, I hope you do. Let's call it. Call me hit. You know what hit? Yeah, and put a beep in there. Just put a beep on that last one. And let them wonder what I said. But, uh, you know, H, uh, it bothers me because, uh, and I, I want to get this out of my heart because I, you know, and it's not healthy to live this way, but I, I, I know it didn't change for her. She just probably when it was happening all the way up to the end, she just thought these are some bad apples. This doesn't represent the group. <laughs> this isn't indicated. This isn't a pattern. There's no data to prove it. Or I, you know, I haven't seen the data to prove it. She remained blissfully ignorant all the way to the end, Pharaoh. And if she could come back, she would do it all the same. I promise you that. So oh. uh, that that's the most. In the end, that the- light flashed green and that gate opened up because the toll was paid, baby. Well, let's, let's move it along. It's uh, grim. It's grim. Let's, let's, let's talk about the let's turn things around and uh, just make it a little brighter. How about that, man? Uh, a couple weeks ago, we, we, there was a uh, UFC 365 whatever connor mcgregor versus dustin poyaye and uh uh you know what a night it was actually a pretty nice night of fights i i was entertained throughout um 
I even watched some of the early undercard, and uh, we saw your boy, Ryan Hall. And this was such an interesting fight. Uh, uh, you're you're going to like this. You were aware that Ryan Hall fought that night? Yeah, I was. And I, I, I know the result and everything. Okay. Uh, did you see the fight? Uh, I actually got an in-depth. There's only two places that I'll go that I'll trust what they had to say about the fights. Uh, only two places I'll go, podcasts to listen to. And I heard their entire breakdown of that fight. So I didn't yeah. see a clip, any clip of okay. it, but. I think I know what happened. Here's the takeaway, man. Ryan Hall doesn't understand laying down style, and it cost him. That's something that you remember that I used to employ against you. We would spar. Mm -hmm. We would have our fights. There were times. But you still got to think. I mean, there's still some. You still got to think. And and here's the thing. How would I start those fights on laying down style? Uh, I started them laying down in the middle. Of oh, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, uh, yeah back, I, you're on your side. What he was doing, and it's a real, it's a common mistake you see, and you really hate to see it, especially somebody like me, and somebody who pioneered that. Somebody I was who, just about to say, someone who would consider laying down black belt, and, and yeah, who pioneered the, the revolution. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, just for as often as you see it, it's always done wrong. And it, it really just irks me. But it's like, you have to start that round laying down. You have start to make a butt, push to the center side, yeah. and lay down flat, lay down. And it can, it's, it's such a powerful style, especially when you're not in the East, uh, where you can't do the stomping and the soccer kicks. <laughs> yeah. They, it's they, such they, a they, powerful they style in American MMA. And what Ryan Hall Under the doing, unified rules. Yeah. It's very powerful. Oh, um, it's almost overpowered. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost not genuinely to employ it because it's just so. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like I don't think that guy can really fight. I just think he can do that. <laughs> he can do heel. Because, because I mean, honestly, like, you're a talented fighter, but when you saw me plop down in the center, you don't know how to approach it. No, I mean, you have to. It's literally like seeing a wall of fire. And you might have been a good, you know, a great adventurer, but now there's a wall of fire. Can't do any better. You know, I just have to run straight through the wall of fire and hopefully I fucking make it on the other side. That's what it is. It's like you have to run straight into the the maw of the beast well, you know? let me tell you he was doing it you know for somebody who's such a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt i would consider him a laying down style a white belt not even paid his dues because no. what he was doing is he would initiate and then in the middle of a combination in the middle of a striking exchange he would plop down you cannot plop down right in front of them you have to be already laying it down then they you can have to approach make them you. cross that threshold while you're already laying down. You yes. Have to make them mentally and physically cross the threshold. They can't, you know, already be in a dominant position. And then you drop to them I and they're already in the motions of uppercutting your head off. And then. Yeah. Like it. one of the highest levels, uh, uh, guys who I've seen really employed the laying down style to like great success was Nick Diaz against Anderson Silva. You saw he, he even was getting fancy with it. He would lay down and put one of his hands up, head totally head, disengaged. Anderson head. Silva, the striking master, could not cross that threshold because it's like, well, what would I do? But Ryan Hall would flop down. You know, he'd eat a one-two and flop down a laying down style. Well, that's just inviting trouble, and eventually he got his fucking head patty caked off the mat. And uh, I was happy to see it, you know, because he – and I really think he set back the laying down style about, about a decade. And it's no. only about 15 years old. So that's yeah, not good. I was just about to say it's only like 11 years old. So really set it back to the fucking beginning. Yeah, it's yeah. It's me a long time before someone tries it again. Well, no, the reason I, uh, the podcast I listen to, they have a, they have actually a, um, an MMA fighter, an, uh, a good uh, undefeated MMA fighter, but his specialty is jujitsu as well, as like is, is Ryan Hall. 
And they asked him about that. And they said, you know, and then they didn't use the word laying down style, but they were saying, you know, he, he, he <laughs> was. That's what I hate, to, too. You know, damn well, it's a laying down style. And these guys are trying to subvert it, trying to hack the narrative. There's, and, he's scooting. Yeah. No, yeah, he's yeah. laying down. He's, he's laying down. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, and then the MMA guy didn't pay that any mind. Uh, he was just saying that, yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm familiar when, you know, people try to do that. And he was like, uh, but I, I don't understand why he thought it would have worked. And he, I'm being dead serious when he's talking about it. Uh, he said that uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, he was like, you know, he would try to sweep his leg or, you know, go go immediately for these. Like, you have to start already. Uh, he's like, you have to already start on your back if you want to do that. He's like, I don't know why. He's like, And he said it must have worked in practice. And then Oh, he, did he say he that you have to already start on your back? Yeah, he was he was saying he literally said he's like you have to already be on your back if you want to like go for because I didn't watch it, but they had, they made it seem like a, he, Ryan Hall was just like trying to hook his leg or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like from some dramatic move. And then he was like, Yeah, he's like, you know, I know like that's a good like to just completely forego like whatever you're doing and just go straight up for the submission. He's like, But you have to already start like in a position where you're gonna be on your back or you're already like already on the, your knees on the ground, like already something like that. Not- yeah, I give him credit for that because the fundamentals of that are correct, but he he does know what he's doing and he does know it's not called butt scoot. He does know it's called laying down style. Yeah, it's laying down style. But yeah, he said you had to start on your back. And then he was like, Yeah, I mean, maybe it worked in practice. I don't know. And then he even went on to say, based on that performance, they asked him, much like I ask you when you should on someone like, you know, do you think you could uh, beat him in the fight? They had they all the other the other two co-hosts asked him, well. What do you think you'd beat him in a um, – how do you think you do in a jiu-jitsu, straight-up jiu-jitsu with him? And then he's like, well, based on that performance, yeah, I think I'd fuck him up uh, if we ever did jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. But uh, it reminds me, and I, this is also what I want to bring up, um, Brennan Schaub, someone who I would never listen to about fights and who, who doesn't yeah, know yeah. anything for someone who's been fighting for, you know, 20 years, has no, no clue about it. Um one time, I, I still remember this. He talked about how Ryan Hall is one of the most dangerous men in the world. Little unassuming Ryan Hall. And then someone very correctly brought up, well, how do you think he would do against Mike Tyson? You know, and he said, he, you don't think Mike Tyson is more dangerous? My, even now, you don't think Mike Tyson would beat him? And then and, and, um, Brennan Schaub made, made the guy, and the guy deferred because he was a comedian or whatever. I don't know who the fuck it was. It was Burt Kreischer or whatever. He, he deferred. And said, oh, okay, you're right. Uh, Brendan Schaub immediately brushed it off and said, oh, yeah, he, Mike Tyson be his bitch. He'd kill Mike Tyson. He would kill Mike Tyson. And now I wonder what Brendan Schaub would say to that. Because there's no doubt in my mind that Mike Tyson wrapped his hands around fucking Ryan Hall's head and he'd squash it like a grape. That's what I'm saying. We're peak clown world. It's 2021 and people think. Well, with everything, we're peak clown world on everything. Yeah, I, I mean, Ryan we're Hall's peak clown world that world. professional fighters uh, will, will willingly look in a camera, uh, put, put, Put their own self on the line and say that yeah modern day brazilian jiu-jitsu is the most dangerous thing in the world yeah sure okay yeah he get and now i get that now you see brian hall getting made to look like a dumbass because that's all he does and that's what the one guy said he and he was like the, the one the mma fighter said he's like yeah it's like jiu-jitsu is good he's like, especially how it is today he's like he's like but if you want to transition to mma he was like you have to like he was like i don't think he's a he they asked him he's like the number one jiu-jitsu like players or whatever today, it's moved guy, away from combat yeah he said like they he's like those guys wouldn't be good he's like if you're going to be good at, like guys we think are good at ma today he's like or good good mma fighters that have good jiu-jitsu like jacques Ray or uh, any of those guys he's like yeah they probably wouldn't even do very good in today's jiu-jitsu he was like it's not yeah. even fighting he's like it's moved it's away like, from combat you yeah, know when, like, when it's Brazil- not even fighting when hoist gracie and whatever when they, when they started pushing this brazilian jiu-jitsu concept gracie jiu-jitsu it was tailored towards combat 
maybe tailored towards street fighting and street defense, you know, whatever. But it was tailored towards combat. And now it's fucking tailored toward intricacies and subtleties that are just so far removed from combat. It's- exactly. And that day he was saying they, he was they gave advice to Ryan Hall. He's like, you know, he's like, if you want to have your fighting style, he's like, it can be mostly like your end game is getting it to the ground to do some jujitsu. He's like, but you have to like clean it up. He's like, it can't be what you're doing now he's like it's, no. it's especially better guys who can exploit that and i just laugh it's like okay maybe ryan hall would be able to put a triangle choke on mike tyson maybe i don't even think he would he's like but the way ryan the way ryan hall fights mike tyson would only need to do three introductory courses in jiu-jitsu and then he would he would beat him 20 times out of 20 he would kill him with his bare hands no problem just stupid. So, uh, yeah, it's fucking stupid if you think that's the most dangerous man in the world. And the only thing separating him from Mike Tyson is three introductory classes. And then as soon as Mike Tyson figures out how to stay standing, it's fucking the end. And, and I don't even think it needs that. But All right. Yeah, uh, that, that's just something I always remembered. Let's, well, let's fa- continue on with the fights. That was yeah, let's very, fast really forward that night. night. Uh, one of the other fights I wanted to just quickly mention something was, uh, the, did you see the Shano Jogger fight? Uh, I didn't see it, but our good friend of uh, the show uh, likes that fighter and he, he he said he was uh he did very good yeah yeah i, I mean he punched at what 90 percent connector rate or something absolutely absurd yeah he, he he fought now the new tough guy in the world you know because he got his ass destroyed okay okay fine whatever the, the, the thing i want to talk about the thing that really stuck out to me was this little basketball taunt he kept trying to force force feed us throughout the fight you remember that what i'm talking about i didn't watch it Okay, well, uh, you know, imagine like these street ball players like the Globe Trotters or Hot Sauce or Half Man, Half Mason, all, all those fucking uh, guys, Cadillac, you know, uh, yeah. who, who are some other ones? Um, I, I don't know. Mustard. Do- uh, oh, was it White Doctor or White Thunder? Or- oh, uh, the professor. Yeah, the professor. <laughs> white Doctor. <laughs> yeah, the he professor. Was white, but White wasn't in his name ever. <laughs> yeah, my bad. The professor, yeah. Uh, so, so, so those guys, you know, all those stupid little dribble tricks they would do, you know, yeah. we're just like going through both legs, like, you know, whatever, what he would do is then he would throw like a one, two, when that guy was kind of like hurt or stunned, he would go like right in front of him and do like, he would like mime doing crossovers and through the legs, you know, like that, 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 that you know, I mean, it was so gay. Right, okay. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. And, uh, the first time he did it, it was confusing because it was like, wait, what? I, I mean, imagine if somebody started miming you know, fucking pole vaulting in the middle of a fight. Did it be like, that's yeah. really obscure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You, you know, whatever. I, I always liked yours. You know, the, 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 uh, that classic pose you would do after a good right hand where you would kind of go <laughs> the decisions, decisions. Tone, oh you know, yeah. Like you kind of stand there yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, think. That was nice. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was classic, but this, the basketball yeah. thing was very forced and he did it like three or four times. You know, he's really trying to get it over. Right, and right. Uh, so this is the only note I wrote. I don't know how many beers deep I was because it's not written very correctly, but I'm going to read it anyways. Because this look, this is raw. That's what I felt when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Teddy Alice, he takes notes. Jim Cornette, they take notes when they're watching. I took a note, too. You take notes, too. You're right up there with them. Uh, Sean O'Jogger forcing his basketball taunt should have mind sucking a dick could have been based <laughs> in red pill to make the trainee seethe. <laughs> Yeah, that's I actually do think that would have been pretty based if he would have just mind just sucking a cock. Uh, well, at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to agree with you because it's like, okay, well, do you want to get popular? Do you want people to talk about you? People are going to talk about that because you're not unique or different or funny or cool if you do a basketball taunt or a rap music break no. dance taunt. You're not, that's not cool or funny or original. If you want to get noticed, 
you can do that yes so, i mean that's yeah. one yeah yeah that would have been funny I, I we would have been talking about it uh but yeah i mean instead look look at you now shano jogger look how we're talking about you now huh was it worth it was it worth it you stupid fucking idiot uh let's let's move it along man uh look the only thing left to talk about tonight was the Connor mac daddy versus uh dustin poyaye fight uh look the press conference the night before you saw Connor mac daddy you know it was really like a greatest hits uh, i mean he comes out He's doing the Vince McMahon shrug. He's, you know, doing all the classics. Like, oh, remember when I did this? Remember when I did that? Remember when I did this? Remember? You yeah, the Vince McMahon thing is so played out now. It's not even. Well, funny, and it was like, uh, I, look, this is the pro Connor Mac Daddy podcast. So we'll almost always kind of like him. But uh, this was just really almost commercialized. Like, this was like, imagine if you just mass produced Connor Mac Daddy. That's what it was during the press conference the night before the fight. It was like, well, you've already fought this guy twice and you're kissing his ass the first, the second time. Uh, what changed in 24 hours, you know, but I mean, he's talking. Yeah, it just wasn't funny. There's nothing off the way. He actually got slaughtered by journalists. The journalist brought up and said, uh, hey, you know, how do you really deal with the fact that you haven't won a fight since Obama's presidency? And it's just, uh, yeah, you know, he getting roasted by fucking journalists. And it was just, oh, shit, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, that was the one moment where I thought Conor Mac Daddy did kind of show a little wit because right after he said, like, you know, how do you cope with the 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 fact that you've only won one fight since the obama presidency but that was such a, a nuclear bomb of a question that everybody just kind of you know laughed and zoned in and that kind of stole the moment but he was actually in that moment was good because he said well that's one more fight than you'll ever win uh which i thought that was a nice <laughs> little retort but uh god it was just the day late and a dollar short and it, he he wasn't funny throughout the night he wasn't clever he was like really obvious. He was not getting to Dustin Poirier, and then uh, well, you, you know, know, you said it. You said it best. I thought when you said that uh, you 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 know you you know several years ago, everyone was copying Conor McGregor, and, and I saw that press conference, and yeah, it looked like this was another guy that was copying Conor McGregor. He looked like a parody of himself, you know, just doing what you know. Everyone else copied Conor McGregor, and they didn't get the intricacies. They didn't get the, yeah. the quick wit. The things that really got it over, they just got, you know, just like all of us. I mean, we're not Conor McGregor, so we we don't, you know, we don't get those subtle things that get it over. We just kind of remember the funny punchlines sure. and the, and that's what it was with him. It's like he forgot everything that, that that got it over, and he was just doing the, you know, the meat, you know, the ends. He was just doing the ends. This yeah. is what it ended up. You know? This is a little ta tangentially related, but uh, you know, we we had some family over last night, and you know, one of the, the little nephews wanted to watch the new Space Jam movie with LeBron Jello James or LeBron John and all that. So we're watching that. And it's, it's not so much a critique of this movie, but just of society and just, just kind of makes you think of this Connor Mac daddy thing, how, how it's so easy to get it wrong. You know, this movie had, had so much of a, uh, like, uh, um, cameos, you, you know, like uh, little Easter eggs. I don't know what, what you would call it. Like, oh, there's that cartoon. You remember when that cartoon did that? Oh, there's this thing. You remember when this thing did that? Like Rick and Morty was in it for five seconds. Just like every little cartoon ever had some little cameo where they just burst in and did their thing. You know, they had like the penguin from Batman movies prancing around in the background. It's just like, it's not funny to say that, hey, remember that this happened? This was a thing. Hey, remember this was funny? Oh, that, that was a thing. Like that's yeah, not I got a friend actually who's in that movie in Space Jam 2. Oh yeah, who's that? Uh, um you don't know her from my days at OU. Uh, you remember the girl I said there's a, we had a long tangent. I said that uh I had sex with Steven Adams and his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. 
She was one of the background characters in Space Jam too. So she's that's fucking she director. She's still fucking people to get in these little. <laughs> I don't know. That's what you do in Hollywood. That's what she wanted to be an actor or whatever. She oh, was going to school her. to be an actor, actress. So. Yeah, that's, that's maybe. Money. Yeah. I'm oh, sure there it is. You're, she you're... said she didn't get paid for it, which I I always I didn't say oh. at the time because you know that sucks. But I always thought that's pretty funny. Swallowed a nut for it and got to be in the background. <laughs> well, you got literally thousands of people in the background of the movie during the the final Space Jam game. So okay, whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the scene she was in, the one with the thousands of people. Yeah, you'd probably have to zoom in and like visually <laughs> correct it to fucking find her. Whatever, good for her. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, it just kind of like that. That's just the kind of thought I had. It, it it's like so much. That's what Connor McDaddy was doing. You know, he entered the octagon and did his little Vince McMahon walk, and then it's just like it's not the same. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I remember when I did this. That was the thing. Oh, remember I did this. That was the thing. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. The setup isn't there. The punchline doesn't pay off. None of it worked out. And then when the fight started, it was just, you know, that was cool. The start the fight, the classic, the heel kick, spin kick he used to always do. That yeah. was cool. He kind of took like the karate stance, I guess. And then it was just kick, you know, kind of spamming kicks, but it was no longer effective. It was just like, yeah, I used to do these. Remember when I did these? Oh, yeah, I'm doing them again. And uh, they had no purpose. And, and Dustin Poyoye, you know, he just fucking he just went with the flow. He was in the water. You know, the waves were big, but he wasn't fighting too much. He was just kind of letting the water move him, letting the water move him. And then when the water started to settle, he started to swim against that current. And what do you know? He made it across the river easy. And that, that that's really my only thoughts on the fight. And that you look at these, let's throw the first fight out the window. It happened so long ago, right? It was so quick. I, I say we just throw that first fight out the window. Let's look at the last two fights they had. And it's like in these two fights, did Conor McGregor hurt Dustin Poirier? Yeah, he, he hurt him with his fist. Okay. What else did he do? I think that's it. Where in both fights, Dustin Poirier not only hurt him with his fist, he fucking ended him. He also hurt him with kicks, you know, that led to the stoppage in the first fight. And both fights, he was also able to take him down. And then this fight, not only did he pummel him standing like he did last time, he fucking pummeled him into mince meat on the ground, you know, getting really close to a stoppage, honestly. You know, most of the judges, uh, I think two of the three judges gave that first round 10-8. And it's like, yeah. okay, this guy in so many different areas of the game destroyed you. You know, and it's yeah. just... I don't know if they if they have a fourth fight, which which I'm sure they will, and I'm sure I'll be interested, and I'll still still watch it. I don't know. I just don't think Conor McDaddy. It's it's done. I, I don't see any way he beats Dustin Poirier anymore. I know he's powerful. He, look, he didn't land that left hand once last that the, the last time they fought. I, I feel like he missed every single time he threw it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he had some more leg kicks this time, which I thought were good, but. Uh... It looked good, but it wasn't particularly effective or anything. It was fine. You know, it was good. They were hard. They landed. Yeah. Okay, but they didn't do anything. He just kind of spammed them out there. Yeah. He, he, he right. was the first one to shoot for a takedown. He, for some reason, tried to go for this fucking guillotine. I, I don't know why. Uh, you know, and it, actually, in that moment, I thought it was actually going pretty bad for Conor McGregor. And then he tried to pull that guillotine out of his ass, you know. It was, it was just it's just a, a fight where you know Dustin Poirier's a steady ship. He calmly yeah, waited yeah. to the water. He's calm. gonna go right into the title shot, and I, I think that's the the best move for him. Yeah. A any any more thoughts on that? Well, I wanted to talk about uh the show. Uh, Teddy Atlas um, spoke about this fight, and you know I don't know how long he's been watching MMA about about a year or whatever, but 
that's clear. You know, it's, it's clearly, I feel like you know, that's a guy that gets fighting. Man, he, I wonder good. if he enjoys it. He seems to me like he does enjoy MMA. A lot of boxing fans, they say they don't like MMA. And I, and I more understand if you like MMA, I can see why you wouldn't like boxing. You know? Yeah, but if you like boxing, I, yeah, I don't understand how you can't make the switch to MMA. Yeah, yeah, he definitely seems like he enjoys it. No, well, you know, that's all I wanted to mention is, I mean, this guy just gets it. Yeah, and he he's just, a, this is what he was born to do, man. He loves fighting. He's got a gift. Because, yeah, he was talking about it when they were talking about some of the transit. He was talking about all the fights, but especially that when he's like when he talked about some of the shit they were doing on the ground, uh, I guess, when uh, Poye maneuvered out of that guillotine, mm-hmm. he was talking about it. Yeah, like he's like, oh, my God, it was beautiful. It was, it was magnificent, you know. Seemed like, yeah, he really enjoyed it, and he, he really appreciated it. So, yeah, I mean, you can tell that he likes it. Yeah, and so does his, his uh, co-host. I started watching his... It was funny, season. too, man. Connor went for, like, a second guillotine, like, really late into that first round after he, like, exhausted so much going for the first one. He tried to do it a second time. I thought it was just so odd. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he 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 spoke about that. That's what I want to talk about. Like I said, yeah, he, of course, in, likes MMA and said, though, that, you know, it was beautiful, but... um. He knows a lot about it, and it's not. I know it's not like going from boxing to you know white river rafting or whatever. So I, I guess there's <laughs> yeah. a little bit of crossover that you can carry over, but still, it's a different thing. There's a lot of aspects, and he 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 seems like he understands it completely, you know, already. And uh, he was talking about it, and he does a lot of fights. I've noticed that too. He he'll cover like a lot of fights. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I guess they were there for the fight. Like, uh, 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 his, his uh, co-host uh, Ken was there uh, just as a fan. He he went to the show, and uh, Teddy Atlas was there doing a working for ESPN, working for some uh, one of those outlets, uh, recovering the fight with uh, with Max Kellerman and uh, Stephen A. Smith. And then what I want to talk about is, I mean, how, you can see how he gets it, and a guy like you know, a piece of shit scumbag like uh, Max Kellerman just doesn't. And, uh, and and Stephen A. Smith, but you know what? Stephen A. Smith doesn't really purport He's a to know big that time much fucking idiot. Yeah, he acts like a fucking authority on everything. Yeah, but I mean, no one takes him. I believe there are serious boxing pundits that take that Max Kellerman scumbag seriously because he got that gig on HBO a long time ago. Yeah, because he sucks some dicks and his brother got killed, so. He got to be on HBO for a long time. And that's the only reason he's there. He's essentially the negative one of boxing. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, You're saying he fucked that favela monkey, Bob Arum. Yeah, Bob Arum. And then, you know, negative one dad dies and his brother dies. And so we're getting <laughs> yeah. sympathy jobs. And we only, you know, the only thing, at least negative one, you know, uh, you know, we know it's a charity thing. We have to pretend like Max Kellerman, his college degree means anything in terms of knowing about fighting. He clearly... You know, I tell this to a lot of people about, you know, understanding fighting. And I always talk about you and my dad, but I always say, you know, you guys, I, th- I think you know more about boxing than I do. You know, you can't just wake up and understand why, you know, there there really is. And maybe this is pretentious, but there really is like a thing, you know, there's theories to it. And I think it takes a higher level of understanding. You really have to be autistic about it. You know, you have to devote the time and, and, and you, you can't just watch it. You have to really understand it, absorb it. Yeah, and I feel like I can't even do that a lot of times, you know, but um, anyway, they were talking about the fights and he went out of his way. Teddy Atlas did on his podcast to say that, you know, you know, I had to really disagree with Max there. And then he even kind of went on to say about how he loves him and, you know, he's been with him for a long time, but he doesn't like working with him. And, and he kind of went on this whole thing about it and then just said that. He said, he, didn't like, he said he didn't like working with him? <laughs> I gotta listen well, to he said it in the guys that he's like, you know, I liked working with Stephen A more than I liked working with the Max. 
And then he's just saying, you know, I love Max. He's like, but, you know, I, I, I don't like working with him that much. And uh, <laughs> he was just saying that, look, you know, I have to really disagree with Max. And he was like, it's egregious for someone to, you know, know uh, you know, they've been around it so long to say that. And he was saying that, you know, when McGregor, and I guess Max said that, you know, McGregor, he went for that guillotine, you know, because he was, he knew he lost. He knew it was over. So he went for the guillotine because he knew it was over. And then, uh, and then Teddy on his show said, he's like, you know, that was, uh, he, that just demonstrates such a lack of understanding. He, you know, has no idea. And he was like, you know, he went for that guillotine. He was like, not because he wanted to quit or anything like that. He went because he had to. And he was like, you know, you, you have to watch the fight. Like, you'll understand. I was like, oh, wow. You know, that, and I watched it. And I was like, yeah, that's, I had watched it beforehand. But I, yeah, that's I an interesting that point. You know, it's like when you watch MMA, you'll see so often a guy gets a mount and, and maybe a first couple of shots come in. And even though they know that if they roll over, it's probably going to be the end. The only option is to roll over. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. And I feel like that. Then that's what I'm talking about. Like you know, if I want this to last, if I want to carry it into the next part of this fight, even though it probably spells the end, I have to roll over, you know? Yeah, it's like a chess, like, yeah. well, this is going to put me in check, but, you know, I can't move any other piece but this piece. It'll mm -hmm. prolong it. Maybe a Hail Mary. Maybe I'll get, you know, maybe something will happen. But then what happened, you know, what has to happen next is I have to move this, you know, pawn. I have to roll yeah, that's over. That's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, you don't think so? No, 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 I'm, no. I'm talking about Teddy Alice, what he said. I, you know, I think, yeah, that's yeah, no, and I agreed with him. Yeah. yeah. And I was, oh, that's, that's a good point. And he was, uh, he elaborated that, you know, he had to do it. And he was like, you know, he, he was getting beaten to the punch. He was getting backed up. He was like, and you know, they were in a moment where he just, you know, he had just got, I, I, he's again, he had just kind of gotten rocked. And he was like, and you know, they were in a moment where um, it was offered, you know, he's like, they, you know, Dustin was vulnerable and he was offered a chance that, uh, you know, his neck was in a position that, oh, I can do this guillotine. He was a good moment to do it. And he was like, and in that moment, he was like, that was Conor McGregor's best chance. He had to do it. He literally, you know, there was no other reason he had to go for it. So he went for it. And then he was like, and, you know, it was good. He had it for a second. And he's like, and he expended a lot of energy. And he's like, and, you know, then things went from, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire, got worse for him. He was like, but that was not a, you know, a, a, you know, that was a moment where, you know, he had to roll the die. You know, that was it. You know, there's there your chance, and if things haven't been going good, so there you go. And I remember, th and I and I, I had already watched. So I haven't watched it since I heard him say that. But at the time, I remember thinking, like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. That I believe that to be true. You know. Yeah, yeah. And that happens all the times in fights and MMA, probably even more than boxing. But that'll happen all the time when, like you said, especially in MMA, you have to. Oh, I have to give you my back, or you know or uh, I have to go for the takedown right now, or something. You know, so something that you really. It may be not in your best interest, but you have to do it in that moment when there's a good opportunity to, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree tenfold. And then, he, like I said, he went on to bury Max Kellerman for his lack of knowledge, and uh, I really liked that. <laughs> I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's a fucking clown, man. You know, there's some guys nowadays, and I'll listen to them commentate, you, you know, like, I don't think Brian Kenny is, uh, is terrible, you, you know, but it's just, I, I don't know when it changed, you know, but listening to ESPN, it's with top rank. The commentary is as worse as it's ever been. You know, you listen to the, the zone and their the zone fighters, the zone fights. It's as worse as it's ever been. I, you know, I never hated Brian Kenny. I don't like listening to him commentate now. And I haven't listened to a Showtime broadcast in a long time. But I can only imagine it, it, it's similar. It's just, God, you just don't get a good fucking take. It's just constantly lying to you you know and it makes it just unbearable to listen to you what, know uh, go ahead 
Well, I'm saying, you know, they, they talked about that too. And uh, Teddy Atlas has been talking about it for years. And, and he even said that he's like, you know, it was before the promoters got into these networks. He's like, you know, I worked on ESPN Friday Night Fights. So he's like, I worked on it for, he's like, you know, I was there for 21 years or 19 years, however many years it was. He's like, and I was there for a long time. And he's like, you know, I said uh, plenty of times I said that, you know, this was going to be a bad fight or when someone didn't uh, uh, live up to expectations, I said it. And, and he was like, you know, and, uh, maybe sometimes uh, the promoters didn't like that. He's like, but we didn't work for the promoters. He's like, you know, I had a job with PBC. And he's like, you know, I worked for on ESPN for Friday Night Fights. So I did that for 19 years. He's like, and then when PBC came and now they, they were running it, he's like, I was there for less than two years. You know, I was there for a year and a half. And then they let me go because uh, I was saying that, you know, and he was joking. He's like, you know, I said the, the opponent came here on crutches. He's like, that was they got mad because I said, Oh, you know, his opponent showed up on crutches. You know, don't expect much from this fight tonight. You know, don't be too impressed. So, and and he was like, but he was saying, he was like, you know, I don't think people are stupid. I think people know that. But what's unfortunate is I do think people are stupid and I do think people buy it, you know? And that's why we do this. Oh, show. yeah, I, I really do think they do. Like, you know, like the UFC, even the commentators are, again, working for the promoters. It's not as bad, but it's still bad. Like the UFC can be terribly biased. The commentary can be very one-sided, but on average, it's still just more palatable than yeah, the course. level of shilling you get. But yeah, I, I, I think that the commentators should work for the broadcast team, you know, which should not have any bearing on the promoters. They should not be linked. Yeah, look, it is biased, but all of those, all of those big UFC cash cows, for the most part, you know, they still all met their end or, you know, they, 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 there were still some bad financial moves that happened that I don't think were hindered by anybody. Well, the difference you know, is, is they're not being put in. I don't mean to cut you off, but the dis difference is, is the UFC, even though the commentators are working for the promoters, the product is generally the best product that can be made available. So they're not put in a position to make slop look like gold. You know, they usually, yeah, yeah, even though exactly. they are biased and I think they do shill and the commentary can be very one-sided, you are usually getting the creme de la creme product that can be offered to. Usually are getting the best fights in that division. So it, it's just not as uh, ridiculous. Yeah, you really as won't get a give me fight or yeah. a mismatch unless there was a reason for the mismatch. Someone pulled out or uh, in some cases the guy fucking cleared out everybody. So now all we have left is mismatches and things like that. You know, yeah, I think you're right about that. It's easier to kind of uh thread the needle when when it's an even fight yeah yeah or at least it's you know they're not lying to you You're like okay this is the proper matchmaking fight so yeah, yeah, my, yeah the commentary yeah. might still be biased but this is the correct fight you know where in boxing yeah. you're so fucking far removed from what should be the correct fight well, and fucking 75 uh, of the time you haven't even heard of the other guy that he's fighting and then you just had to go by whatever the commentator is saying and obviously you know the, the, they have their uh, whoever they have one guy's interest and you've never even heard of the other guy. So then, yeah, I, I, I have to believe what they're saying, you know. And, and most of the time, it's, you know, they, they just had a, a big fight this weekend or yesterday, uh, the Jermel Charlo versus Brian Castaño. And I every time I see that, that Charlo guy, I always think about that Tony Harrison fight, you know, both Tony Harrison fights uh, that, that Charlo had where the commentators, you know, were making themselves look like fucking idiots. And I just think, like, man, you don't have any morals or pride or anything. You know, I understand it's a job, but, I mean, just be quiet or, you know, don't make yourself look so dumb. And then I, I always think about that that because that was one of the few times where uh, I was really able to see it happening as it happened and the, the judges actually uh, called the fight correctly. And then it was a robbery when T Tony Harrison won that fight. You remember that? 
Um, Tony Harrison lost both fights, right? No, he won the first one. He won the title. He beat Charlo. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, and that's why they had a rematch. Oh, I didn't even remember. That was just a close fight or something. No, no, he beat Charlo, and it was okay. a robbery, yada, 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 even though he clearly beat him. T- uh, uh, Teddy Alice actually came out on his own, which was nice of him. Oh, I do that- remember that whole, okay, yeah. Yeah, and he came out and said Tony Erickson did deserve to win that fight, and he's like, you know, I, and that was nice of him. He's like, you know, we, sh- we talk bad about the judges when they make a mistake. Well, he's like, you know, clearly everyone was trying to get Charlo, so let's make a, commend them when they do the right thing, and they, they, they got that fight right, and then, like I said, it's still to this day thought of as a controversial win or something like that when it wasn't. Now I, I can go back and you can go back and read articles about that fight. And they, it's all the articles are going to say it was controversial. And the only way you know it wasn't controversial is if you're not brainwashed, you turn the volume off and you watch that fight when it was happening. You can see that it wasn't. So now it makes me think every time I go back and read throughout history, I'll go back and read about a controversial fight that I didn't see. I wonder, well, was it really controversial or was it like the Tony Harrison thing? Yeah, where yeah. It, 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 you know, so it, it's it's terrible. It's it's make it's the worst sport to fucking watch, man. I wish at least in basketball or football or baseball there's a fucking scoreboard, you know, and that's a little bit harder. It to, is. It's like, you know, you, you look at uh, – uh, I always think about that. You know, I, I don't fucking like basketball. Uh, football makes me sick now. Uh, I like to watch old games, um, you know, but, but I, I, just everything about it, the presentation, the product makes me sick. And boxing and MMA, you know, especially boxing, you know, that's my creme de la creme. And it's like, what else could you ask for in a sport? You know, it's so pure. It's so this. It's so that. It's it's as close of a simulation to war as you can get if you don't get on it's their competition. fucking. It's literally purest form of competition. Mano y mano. You know, I no fucking gimmicks. love it. Yeah, totally, totally. And how is it so gay? How is it so fucking unwatchable? You know, I had no desire to watch this Brian Castaño versus John Mangelo Charlo fight. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I did, but uh, so know, so, so how was it? You know, because I I I don't I know Castano did pretty well against an aging Arislandi Laura. You know, but Laura had just came off with a pretty decent performance against uh, um, I don't know what was that big fuck's name, Heard, Heard, Jared Heard, right? So yeah. uh, okay, you know, I thought, oh, this is going to be a competitive fight. You know, it seems like everybody at one fifty four. That's kind of one of the divisions where some of the top guys are fighting each other. You're not necessarily getting the best fight constantly, but you're getting a uh, you know, and what happens is every time they fight each other, it's really fucking close. Well, that, know, very, that's the one, very one few of these guys are, are blowing yeah. each other out, you know. Yeah, that's one of the few divisions where the A-level guys are good and then the B-level guys are also good. They, well, they're all just B-level. There's not really any. Well, yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the B-level tier one is B-level and then the tier two is also B-level. There's a lot of B-level guys, which makes, you know, I'd rather have that than two, you know, level eight, you know, A-level guys in tier one and then everyone else is a D-plus. I would much yeah. rather have, let's have seven B-level guys in the division, so, you know? So I only saw like a six-minute highlight and it, and it looked like it was a pretty entertaining fight, you know? But, but I mean, Charlo is just way bigger than Castagna. And, you know, mm-hmm. Charlo is, in my opinion, a little bit worse of a boxer than his middleweight brother. You yeah. know, th- th- there's no jab, really. He just kind of strikes with authority, jumps in and out, and just kind of wades water till he does it again, you know? Sometimes he attacks pretty relentlessly. He's pretty conditioned. He seems power, like he hits like really hard. Very, You're very yeah. explosive, but he doesn't do a lot to stabilize you. But it's like so obvious when you watch a guy like this. You know, it's like I haven't really seen Castano fight, but all the highlights I've seen. I mean, this is a really small guy who's not necessarily being evasive coming towards you. He's just coming straight towards you, and these guys are not jabbing. They're not doing anything to nullify him. They're just trying to pick their spots in between his barrages 
as he comes in, as he exits. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems like it should be pretty academic to beat a guy like that if you're elite. You know, and it's just, yeah. I don't know. What, what was your takeaway of the fight? Uh, how well, did, what, what did I'll you say think about I, I wasn't too versed with Castaño either. All I know yeah. is that in an age, and I do respect this, of boxing, you know, the, the Manny Pacquiao's and Floyd Mayweather's of, of the guys kind of staying close to their natural rate is gone. And today's boxing, you know, everyone is getting bigger. Uh, the, the average height, you know, everyone is much bigger. Yeah. Here's a guy, Castaño, who's only 5'7". They say 5'7 and a half. I don't know. He's 5'7". No way. Yeah, he's five. Yeah, so I, I don't. Yeah, I think he's five seven. Okay. So you have a guy at junior middleweight where it fucking looks like the average height is yeah, six feet tall, probably. And they're all about six feet tall. So you have a guy who's five seven, and you look at Charlo. He has a great physique, Charlo. Oh yeah. Fifty four. You know he's cutting weight, shredded, and not not much fat on him. You have a guy like Castanio who's five seven, so it's already very short he's not even muscular he has got a little flab on him he doesn't have a tremendous physique if you had to ask me who's bigger no, he could easily be able to weight and be fine yeah, yeah yeah that castanio guy's got a little flab on him so i could tell that oh, he doesn't have that impressive a physique he's not he you know he's he doesn't struggle to make 154 he probably walks around at 160 if that he's five seven got an okay body but he's got some extra weight to lose he, he's nothing he's not gaming the system at all you know he's much shorter and by he's going to be much smaller. Charlo was way bigger than him, way yeah. bigger than him. taller. Yeah. You know, he was way bigger than him. And so I, I looked up before the fight, this Castanio guy, because I had heard of him several times. I'd never actually, other than highlights, I'd never seen him fight. I saw he had the draw against Laura and I chalked it up more to, you know, uh, an indictment against Laura, not necessarily uh, anything it had anything to do with Brian Castanio, which I guess is unfair. But uh, he's had some decent fights. He's fought some guys with some decent records. But he just recently won his belt from a guy named Patrick Teixeira, who was like a shitter, but was the champion and, again, was like six feet tall. And uh, I watched the highlights of that fight, and uh, Brian Cassania did wash him. He won, like, every round. Mm -hmm. So that, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, we're going to be a shorter guy, the smaller guy, and you're gonna, he has a – you know, he walks people down. And he doesn't hit all that hard. He doesn't have one-punch knockout power, so, you know, he's just breaking people down. I think it's a hard thing to do. Always going to be undersized. And, uh, yeah, you go and watch the fight, and I, I was curious because Charlo uh, was a big favorite. He was like a four-to-one favorite. And this is, if you watch Charlo, of course, he does usually win. He's, he's only lost one fight before this. Only, only had one loss and, you know, 35 wins or whatever the fuck. But he always he hasn't bad. exactly won a majority of the rounds, though. He, yeah, yeah. Even in the saying. fights where he gets the KOs, he loses. He the, always uh, has yeah. trouble. Yeah. Much like Deontay Wilder for a long time would yeah. lose like always the first four rounds. And then he would spectacularly KO the guy in the fifth round. Yeah. Then yeah. you forget about like, oh, you know, he probably lost every round up until then, you know? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Charlie. I remember Charlie losing to John Jackson and clearly losing. And then, he, you know, knocks him the fuck. It happened a lot of times where he was clearly losing and then forced the Tony Harrison debacle. <sighs> which I think he, you know, he, he did lose the first fight fair and square. And I thought he was clearly losing the second fight all the way up until, you know, the 10th round or whatever, when he, he spectacularly knocked him out. Uh, anyway, this fight goes and um, yeah, dude, uh, Castaño was tougher than advertised. And even though he wasn't, he, he had a high guard and he had his high guard and he, dude, he was just picking off shots, walking Charlo down and just throwing a barrage of punches. Nothing was too accurate. But just overwhelming Charlo and dude, he even was, hurting Charlo looked like hurting him. Yeah, dude, yeah. he rocked him really hard. I think in the third round, rocked him really hard. Had him out on his feet for just a split second. One of those hooks where they're both hooking, and then his landed first, and then Charlo 
kind of like, you know, legs buckled for the, did a little wobble, rocked him really hard, hurt him. And yeah, just, you know, walked him down, made him fight his fight the whole time, kicked his ass. I, he really kicked his ass. And I thought walked him down the whole time down the stretch about the 10th and 11th, Charlo hurt him again. And now he's more tired and he couldn't quite get him out of there. Or he wasn't close to getting him out of there, but he hurt him badly. And so he, in my book, he won maybe like three rounds. Yeah. So three rounds to nine. Uh, you know, Castaneda wins this fight easy. And of course, it's a draw. One of the judges had it 117, 111 for Charlo. Uh, and, and not to mention they're in Texas. They're in Charlo's hometown or home region from Houston. They were in San Antonio. So they're in his home region. The crowd was going wild for Charlo. And, and somehow Charlo says he thinks he won the fight, that it was a robbery. But no, Castaneda whooped his ass. And uh, he was clearly the B side and the commentators the whole time. Uh, eventually, by the end of it, they were calling it kind of down the middle. But in the beginning, you know, they were not giving Castaneda much much respect but shocking no he was hitting him clean he was hitting him clean roughing him up uh he wouldn't throw too many jabs that uh, he would come straight in and throw a right hand straight to the body and they would that would hurt charlo and then yeah he would get him on the ropes and just unleash a you know hook hook uppercut or whatever you know four punches a volley and it worked man it, he was beating him the whole time i thought it was he won about nine maybe even ten rounds there were some close rounds but charlo really was fighting castano's fight the whole time it looked bad and this is kind of Charlo is always his problem. Like I said, he loses rounds and can kind of usually erase it with a big knockout. And he just couldn't hit Castaño. Uh, you know, funny enough, being that much smaller than him, mm -hmm. I think it makes Charlo look really bad. Well, if you don't jab, right, if, if you don't jab, uh, you know, like a consistent kind of jab, and you also kind of, I mean, that, that's really the crux. If, if you're not jabbing, it's really hard to, to hit somebody if they're pressuring you. So, right. like, hit them the way you want to hit them. Right. You know, if, if, you're, if you're not going to jab, you know, if he can just walk forward and it seemed like from the highlights, again, I only watched six minutes of a 36 minute fight, you know, very uh, categorically chosen clips, you know, yeah. by whatever the person wanted to, to convey. That's all I saw. Probably back uh, and forth fight. Yeah. And, and uh, it's like, you know, I didn't see a lot of head movement. I, I just saw, oh, I'm just going to stick on you like white on rice. I'm just going to go forward. You know, if you're not throwing a jab, it's really hard to, uh, you know, Charlo likes to stalk and then get choose when he wants to do the knockout. You know, he kind of needs you to stand at a certain range or just kind of be able to place his shot. But, you know, that reticle yeah, yeah. is not getting locked on when Castaño just moves. And it's because he doesn't jab, you know. Yeah. And he was overwhelming him with a lot of punches. I think that's another thing. You know, he, when, when he had the opportunity to punch, he let four decently how hard punches go which you know props and that takes a lot of cardio to do but yeah, yeah. uh he used i mean he was fine he was well conditioned and yeah he did that's what he did it, it was working and it's could, it's uh, go ahead go sorry ahead. well you no. could see man from the first round on like oh wow this is going to be his game plan it's going to be hard to it's working but it's going to be hard to do but i think the fact that it was working kind of motivated castano because he was able to you know find some success and he didn't change it until Charlo eventually got a good counter punch off in like the 10th round. He didn't sort of say, then he kind of was cautious the rest of the fight, but the last, you know, two and a half rounds, he was like cautious, but uh, you know, before that, I mean, he, he was roughing him up, you know, the whole time. And it was a lot to ask of him, you know, he got to throw a lot of punches, but he did. And, you know, big props to him. You know, did Charlo clinch ever too? That's what I'd be thinking. Why not just hold this little fuck when he comes up to you? Right? No, no, didn't clinch ever. Just had his. Well, you're way bigger. Lean on him. I mean, there's. Yeah, Castaño was leaning on him. If anything, you know, yeah, to, that's get, funny. Trying to get, yeah, trying to get close to him, and then, uh, like, why, like, why do you have to try to separate or try to fight in a phone booth? Fucking grab his stupid ass, you know. Put him yeah, in a, yeah, in yeah, a, man, in a single it, collar. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Break him down. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, maybe he was punching hard. I don't know. Break him down. But yeah, he would just hold his hands up. And then obviously, if he's if he's throwing a decently hard, it's what I like to do when I fight. You know, throw a volley and they don't all have to be pretty and they don't even have to be textbook. If you are, you know, if you send out four missiles, I mean, you know, the, he's just going to have to cover up. It's funny, like you you watch this fight and you compare it to like the Sean O'Jogger against the green-haired Zoomer from the UFC a couple of weeks ago. You know, the toughest man in the world, the new strongest chin ever, never will be knocked out, that guy. You compare him against, uh, you watch his performance and the problems that he had versus the problems that Charlo had from that opposite end, you know. It's like Sean O'Malley was going up against a guy who would only punch when Sean O'Malley would stop moving, you know. And Sean O'Malley was spamming straight punches, jabs, one twos, moving, you know, would would move like crazy whenever he got in and reset and do it again, jab, jab, jab. And the short guy would never fucking punch his way in. Right. And then you look at this same fight, you know, from uh, last night. Right. Brian Castaño being the shorter guy punching as he moves forward, punching his way into the distance, not really had to move and not doing anything but punching. But but Charlo not jabbing. Yeah, you know, and you see how yeah. like you look at the, the similar two things trying to happen or should be happening in this fight. The taller, bigger guy should be not letting the, the little guy get close. And you see like in, in both of these instances, the opposite guy had success. You know, Sean O'Jogger throwing jabs, throwing straight punches. And then but 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 the little guy not throwing punches on his way in, you know, yeah. And, and that's one thing that seems so counterintuitive as a shorter guy. If you're going to go forward, it's like you have to throw shots as you go forward. Whether it be a jab or something, you have to do something as you're trying to cross that bridge. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good way to look at it that these are literally just one adjustment in these two fights and it makes a big difference, you know? So L- let's uh, move it along, man. I wanted to, did you have anything else you want to say about the fights last night? I didn't watch anything. I don't even know what else happened. I, I knew that. Nah, fight there's happened. nothing much else. You think they're going to do a rematch or what? I don't know. What's the big fight to make? Is there a big fight to, to build to in the 154-pound division? I mean, well, I don't that know. was the big fight because that's that was the undisputed title. That, that yeah, was I guess you do belt. a rematch. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, you know, it's well, funny. For, it's, if you're from Charlo's perspective, I'd almost think, like, look, I was the A-side. I'm sure he got paid a lot more. Yeah. Like, well, fuck it. I don't well, that's what I'm that. saying. What else do you build to? Is there is there something else big at 154? No, that's all the belts. I mean, that was the, the undisputed okay. title. Those, those are the two guys. It's funny talking about belts and undisputed titles. You know, I've been... I, I've been interested in this particular niche project I've been wanting to do. It's very specific. So, of course, I had to make a fucking Reddit account because uh, as gay as Reddit is, it really is great at, like, talking to people that are doing something very specific. I mean, you can get some really fucking particular subreddits out there, and you're yeah. just talking enthusiasts of that subject. You know, whatever. While I'm there, I'm thinking, ah, let me see what Reddit slash boxing is up to. Ah, let me see what the big topics are. And it's like, God, you just... You just don't fucking get it. And it just it drives me up the fucking wall. What are you guys talking about? You know, wake the fuck up. And, you right. know, these are all guys who have taken the blue pill or don't even know that there's a choice. Right. Yeah, but uh, it was this topic and, you know, it was phrased as just it was really framed as just, you know, hey, we're just all a bunch of boxing fans. Let's just talk boxing, guys. Let's be positive and talk boxing. And it pretty much named everybody that wasn't. uh like the big three in heavyweight boxing, you know, not Wilder, not Josh. So it was like uh, Usyk, is that his name, right? Alexander Usyk. Usyk. Yeah. Okay, Usyk. Um, Joyce. Uh, Joe Joyce. Yeah. Joe Joyce. Um, who are the other motherfuckers on the rise in that division? Oh, there's a lot of them. Daniel Dubois. He was Daniel he, Dubois. Uh, it, whatever. It's just four or five of these shitters. Dillian right? White. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's four or five of these shitters. 
and it said, uh, you know, I guess since all the belts are either with who, uh, Fury or Joshua right now. Yeah. Yep. They were saying, you know, which, which one of these guys is most likely to be able to hold one of those belts? You know, and, and so everybody's talking back and forth. And it's like, you know, are you guys, how long have you guys been watching boxing? I tell you right now, there's enough belts for all of those guys to hold one of those belts all at the same time. There, there, there's no reason why there's only could be one of them could hold. They could all hold these belts, one version or another at the same time, including Joshua Wilder. Uh, there's enough belts for everybody to go around. And it's like, you know, you're also that poll is so stupid because then you imply that the only way to win one of those belts is to be one of those guys. Uh, how do you think? The, I, I don't know. Again, maybe I'm speaking out my ass and I probably am. But it, what I'm about to say is true 80 percent of the time, if not 90 percent, if not 95 percent of the time, your favorite elite fighter in every division. Look how he really won that title. More often than not, he did not win that title by beating the champion, by beating the guy. He he won that title because the guy vacated one of those belts, and then he was chosen to fight for that belt against some shitter. More often than not, the, the top fucking belt, the top fucking guys did not get their belt by beating whoever was the fucking number one guy at that time. No, of course not. Of course not. I and mean- it's like, so that poll, you're just, you're looking at everything from the wrong fucking, like, wake the fuck up. This is not what you're. Well, presenting. it's almost like if you like boxing, and you know, and I, I don't. I'm not saying we like boxing, but if you do like boxing, look, like, okay, will Daniel we'll... Dubois hold one of those titles? Yes, probably. If he wants to, sure. Will Anthony Joshua? Yes. Will Joe Joyce? Yes. Will they all will? Yeah, I mean, if they, if they stick around long enough, yeah, we'll get a couple. But I mean, uh, yeah, look, look uh, it's almost like if you like boxing, it's almost. Like, what do you want me to do? Like that, you know, that's. They're telling me, you know, that that's like winning a Super Bowl. Or, you know, that that's like the, the that's like the World Series. I mean, what else am I supposed to be going for? Like the guys don't fight other guy. You know, Spence and Crawford aren't going to fight. It looks like Joshua and Fury aren't going to fight. I don't know. Like, all we can ever root for is to win the belt. You know, the best isn't going to fight the best. And, and so, I mean, there's not as from a fan's perspective, it's almost like, well, what is going to matter to me then? You can never really know who's number one. Even look, you even got this. Um, uh tiafimo lopez he uh he has uh several belts right and he's making a mandatory defense or he's supposed to be making a mandatory defense and then he got COVID or whatever and now the fight's getting pushed back right he's fighting a guy from australia and uh he's got several belts and he's defending uh, them against this guy from australia who's the mandatory challenger and, and now since it got pushed back the they did a purse bid and the australian promoter guy uh, he won the purse bid with this some big uh, amount of money and so th- that guy said okay well we want to put it in australia that's where we want to have the fight and uh, uh, lopez said well we, you know we're not going to go to australia you know if you guys do that we're going to vacate the belt and then the promoter the airport said okay well then vacate the belt i mean we won we we're going to put it in australia so it's like okay there you go now, now that guy's the world champion you know what does it mean what does it all mean who, look who at Kino. does Kino have a title 175 uh he vacated it but he, yeah he, he so he had one right yeah how did he get that title he beat Sergey Kovalev. Okay, who did Sergey Kovalev beat? Elodie or Alvarez. Uh, Elodie or Alvarez. And who did Elodie or Alvarez beat? Was it Sergey Kovalev? You Sergei know, like, Kovalev. Maybe that one. No, no, that one's not because Sergey Kovalev. You, you asked me one more time. Well, who did Sergey Kovalev beat for that belt? He beat uh, a guy named Sharbransky for the vacant title that Andre exactly. Ward vacated. And that, that's what I'm saying is, is most of the time, you know, I know he didn't beat Andre Ward for it. No. You know, most of the time, it. you look at whoever was the top guy. He's not going to lose that belt to another top guy. He's going to vacate it, and then they're going to make uh, some guy you've never heard of versus Andre. Bird and then who's the champion the now? Who fought for the belt that Canelo vacated? Who fought for it? Joe Smith Jr. and Maxime Vlasov. 
Two guys okay. you're never going to hear. You know, and now, now Joseph Jr. is the champion. So there you go. Yeah, it's just and th- th- that's all I was, I was trying to say is that you take any belt you want, who you're, you're free. Uh, look at Errol Spence. You, you know, how, how did he win his belt? You, if you just keep going, you're going to say, oh, they, eventually, well, yeah, you'll see. It's just a vacation. And no matter what, how did he win his belt? It's never the guy. Who did he win his belt from? Yeah, he it wasn't from, from Mayweather. It wasn't from Yeah, it was from Kell Brook. Was Kell Brook the guy? No. Who did he win his belt from? Sean Porter. Was Sean Porter the guy? No, he was never the guy. Who did he win it from? <laughs> Devin Alexander? Was Devin Alexander the guy? No. Who did he win it from? Randall Bailey. Was Randall Bailey the guy? No. So, I mean, look, it's fucking, now we went back, we mean you just went back. A decade. backtrack fucking, yeah, 15 years <laughs> no, of the belt. The guy has never, never once, the belt, that belt was never once around the waist of the guy. He never once touched the guy's hands in the last 15 years, and somehow. Now somehow Errol Spence is the guy? Oh, bullshit. Or well, if he's the guy, it certainly isn't because of that fucking belt. We just talked about that belt's lineage and never once it ever, it was never in the Mayweather residence once or it was never in the Pacquiao residence once. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got just a side note. I got to put this in. You know, we've been trying to get our, our emails read <laughs> on K100. Yeah. Uh, so on the Patreon, every time he unleashes a new mailbag, uh, of course, our question has not been answered. So I've just been putting in all caps. Attention, uh, K100 is censoring Super Fight Freaks from, from the mailbag. And a couple of people are like, that's a shame and that's ridiculous. And so on this new one, again, they dropped one. I don't think our question is on it. So I, I put the same thing. We're being censored uh, from the mailbag. And he responded. Conan replied to your comment. Nobody is censored in, from the mailbag. Are your emails short and do they contain a question? That's absolutely ridiculous. Did ours contain a question? Yes. It was about, is he going to put money up to sponsor us? How would they like this gimmick? It was very obvious. That's ridiculous, dude. I resent it, too. I've sent it twice. Oh, you resent it? And the second time I sent it, I put the header as attention disco. They are censoring this email from uh, K100. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to keep sending it every week. Yeah, they better fucking do it. Yeah, I actually went on there and saw uh, Conan hey, said, "Give me I one moment. I got. I got to pause this for a second. I got a call coming in. All right, go. All right. So yeah, uh, fuck that. Obviously, uh, all of our listeners do, do. You do not need to be listening to the K100 podcast. Uh, we are being censored, and until then, we'll keep you guys informed. Until uh, we are no longer censored, uh, all you guys already know. Do not listen. Unsubscribe. Leave a bad review. Uh, then they should take notice of that. They'll notice that, I'm sure. And it'll be too like the damage will already be done. Um, yeah, but by, by that point, yeah. So yeah, I just want to talk about this uh, football. I'll be, I'll be sick. I hate it now. I can't stand it now. It makes me sick. Makes me boil. Makes me bubble. Makes me seed. Makes me simmer. Right. All that bullshit. Uh, so I don't know if you've heard, but uh, the uh, the the Niger national anthem is going to be played before all NFL Week One games, and they will have one Niger victim of police brutality on their helmets. And then uh, my thought on that is hopefully the white players kneel and wear the name of the officer who killed said Niger's <laughs> on the back of their jersey to commemorate their marksmanship. How do you feel uh, about that? Wow, that would be amazing. Do you think someone will do that? No. You don't think <laughs> no, I don't kneel dude. for that. No, I don't. At least anybody. kneel. That would be sick, dude. Yeah, I'll kneel for that, dude. I'll pull my dick out and piss, piss on the ground when that shit's going on. Have you actually heard the lyrics to this? Uh, that's called "Stand Up and Lift Up" or whatever. Lift, lift every voice. Yeah. Have you heard the lyrics? No. Oh, I have a snippet. I'm going to read it. So it's basically Uh, to the Star Spangled Banner rhythm. So it says, uh, and again. Oh, wow. That's a cultural appropriation. There's another example. One of countless. Yeah. And again, add that to the countless others. And again, I don't like saying the N word, but this is, it is in it. So I'm I'm just saying verbatim. I think that's one of the most. It's in it? Uh, Have you read the lyrics to it? 
to stand no. up and uh, stand up and all the lift or whatever. Lift every voice. Yeah. So it says, okay. Oh, say, nigga, did you see that shit by the? Do- <laughs> uh, okay. So, oh, say, nigga, did you see that shit by the dawn's bright motherfucking rays? But so ratchet, we nixed at the sleepy edge. Shit be tripping. Who stink curves and fat so through the real gangster shit tussle while over them hunky built rails we watched with niggas gallantly wilding in the hose fake ass hair the cocoa butter into air gave proof spite the diss yo our gibbs was still be standing oh say do that white ass honky cracker still gives me that in the land of the free shit my nigga in the home of the bitch ass niggas play ball so that's the official <laughs> lyrics. I don't know. It's not. Oh, sh- I don't know. I don't know how shit. I feel about it. You know, some way, just play not, ball. <laughs> in some ways, just because I am now a proponent of an accelerationism, I want to wherever we're going, just hit the gas. Okay. So I do think this kind of does help with that. Um, yeah. You know what? The, you're saying that accelerationism, you know, I've been hearing a lot. And uh, you know what? I will admit, you know, you and my dad are on the forefront of this, and then I kind of hear it from you guys, and it, it further validates the feelings. That What's I funny have is, and and I don't, I want to, I want to get your thought on this, but you know, when you hear it from myself and, of course, our father, uh, uh, I know in my experience, when you first hear it, you're it's because of the years of programming. Your initial reaction is to reject, like, nope, no nope, recoil, yeah, wrong, like, oh, yeah, no, no, recoil. No, no. Uh, you kind of cringe within yourself, but it always it simmers. It yeah. cooks in the back of your mind, and then you realize, oh, they were right. Yeah, and then something happens out in traffic or at the store, and then it's like it died, that flame that he, you know, he, it's like he lights a match. Yeah. And then it's just in there, and then it dies out, and then uh, something happens, and then that, that flame, you know, falls in a pile of gasoline, and it ignites a roaring blaze, and then I remember, oh, yeah, this is what he was talking about. Oh, yeah, now I remember all these other times. Oh, yeah, it's always been happening. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's as bad as it ever was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, uh, yeah, I'm a bit. So I think this does help with the accelerationism. You know, yeah. Well, good. you know, when you mentioned that, I, I've been hearing a lot from my friends and my, and my girlfriend and, and from other friends who feel the same way. I've been hearing a lot about them. You know, they're, they're a couple steps below me, I believe, and below us. Yeah. On the rung of of wokeness, of being actually awakened and taking the red pill, they're a few tiers below. They're on their way. You know, they're on their way, but they're not there yet. And, you know, they say, you know, you know, it's, it's just all distraction, Diego. You know, we're just being distracted from the real things. You know, the Soros's and, and, and all the, you know, the deep state, you know, they're distracting us from, for, from the real issues, but they're pitting us against each other. And then in my head, and I, I tell them, you know, that's true. You know, that is happening. I believe they are distracting us and they're trying to pit us against each other when we don't have any business doing that. That's what they're doing. But then in my head, I, and I always that's tell them. That's not you know, true either. Well, no, I tell them, and I believe, you know, that's okay, you know. They did pit us against each other, but, they, you know, this is, you know, whether or not they whatever they're distracting us from, this is a fight that needs to happen. This is a score that needs to be settled. This yeah. is something that needs to be rectified. It's probably true. Yeah, we're being distracted. There's something bigger going on. I'm sure, you know, the, the Clintons are laughing all the way to the bank. Soros is good, good. He's rubbing his hands together. It's exactly what I wanted to happen. But, uh, you know, I, I tell her and I tell everyone that, you know, that's true. That may be happening. But we can't do anything. We can't take those guys out until we do finish. We were forced into this fight, and they may have forced us into it. Like you said, I want to accelerate it because the faster we get this done, the faster we can move on to the real issue. Maybe you know, maybe they are being controlled. 
But I do think at the end of the day, yeah, we have to we have to win this fight that they put us in, you know. And I do believe it's a distraction. You don't think so? No. I I believe that they are being used as a distraction. There's no reason for the mainstream media to do what they do and the strings. To be oh yeah, yeah, sure, F- fine, all of that. But as as far as every other part of that, there's no reason us for us to be pitted against each other. Nah. Uh, uh, it's just well, I'm of the belief now that yes, I'm with you. That okay, well, it doesn't matter what we're here now, and yeah. we can't take one, we can't move one centimeter forward until we fucking finish finish this shit first. Until we, until we, you know, it, get rid it, of these guys, it's so. it, it, it's funny because uh, you know, talking about that, who's on whose side and who should be, who's pulling the strings. Uh, a couple of days ago, I had I, I get I achieved I think another breakthrough where I've now ascended another level where I thought there were no more levels. I thought the glass ceiling had already been burst. As always, it seems, no, there was further to go. And it's always cyclic. You always come back to where you started. And, uh, you know, we've joked out before, but like I'm beyond patriotism at this point. I don't care. I don't, the only thing, you know, I don't don't care about any of that. I'm not waving that fucking flag anymore. right. And it's funny because I find myself now I will agree and nod to everything the other side wants to say. Oh, this country is bad. This country is evil. I may be agreeing with that for different reasons than you are. But at the end of the day, I see that we're in the same spot. Yet I still can't look over and you're still not a comrade. Maybe th- maybe we do have a common enemy. That doesn't make you my friend. And I think that's where we're at. I, I think everybody in their own group, you, you kind of become the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the Federation of the World, you know, where it's like uh, you, you just got to go and do your own thing. Uh, it's eventually what happened. DTA, don't trust anybody. Stop looking for allies. Yeah, that's yeah, game. yeah, yeah. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. You can't trust anybody. At the end of the day, you just got to. You know, pick your group and then you ride that to the wheels fall off. And and I, you know, and, and that's something our dad said for a long time about this tribalism and and you know about how that that's what's going on. And I always disagreed with it and shook my head. But now, yeah, of course. So now I see like, okay, that's that's where we're at, and, and that's okay. I always tell people, you know, that I have some conservative friends, and they always have to say, you know, I want, you know, I want to tell them, I don't want to seem racist or anything like that. And then I always tell them, like, oh, well, you know, you are racist. Uh, you mean that? And I was like, it's okay because I'm more racist than you, you know? And that's just the <laughs> truth. Just because yeah. it's bad doesn't mean it's true. You know, being a murderer is bad, but they're still murderers. You know, there's a lot worse things you could be than, than racist, all right? There's a lot, a lot worse things you could be than sexist. Okay, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm racist and sexist. You know, there's a lot of things you could do. You know, so, it's funny. Uh, uh, when, I, bad. When, I was perusing, when I was perusing Reddit, I saw this like uh, I don't know what else said like Reddit slash like X red pills or X red pillars or former red pillars, and I was like, oh, I gotta click that, you know. And it, the the like the description for the community was like, you know, these are former people who were red pilled who no longer see that was no longer the way. So I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait. Go go ahead and try, you know. As I entered it, and what the normies have associated with red pilling. Is that a whole like uh, men going their own way bullshit where they, they no longer try to fuck girls and they no longer, you know, they like see oh. that. Oh, you know, and it's like, oh, well, yeah. hold on. That's not that's yeah. nothing. You know, and that's a, a, a brilliantly effective subversion tactic propagated by big media that that's what we mean when we say red pill. 
Nah, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. That's what I'm saying. Look, they aren't pulling the strings. They are, you know, they, they have a bigger plan. You know, they're, they're doing, they're working on something else. But I always tell them, look, it doesn't matter what they're working on. Because let's say, okay, let's say we all come together and defeat them. Look, at the end of the day, there's still one more enemy. You know, there's, there's, there's still a battle to so be So you fought. see why I was right. All those, the, the, about a year ago, when I said, you know, at the end of the fight, at the end of the battle, and we look over and we look at some of the allies that helped us, some of the double agents, if you will, the Candace Owens, the Hodgwins. You now see that I was right, that, that the last move, they, they got to go. No, they can stay. I don't know. I don't ever agree to that. Those people can <laughs> no, stay. I don't... You'll get there. All right. Well, I'm just going to mark this. In 718, 2021, still not successful. The subject Close, is closer. Yeah, the, the subject <laughs> has uh, still not uh, uh, accepted the pill, but uh, yeah, eventually. Well, well, well look, uh, I'm not ever going to put it. Yeah, I won't put it past myself because I never thought I would get this far, man. Look, you, you go back. I don't know what we're in 2021. You go back about six, seven years ago, Pharaoh. When yeah, you, yeah. you were first introduced to these topics, uh, how you and I both acted. Uh, about this about how you know that that's not the case race doesn't matter and yeah. i always tell this to people you know uh, that and you've said it before and i always tell people this and then they try to act like it's not the case but they're lying to themselves and if they have you know if they're at all honest and, and they're at all interested in the truth and in, in growing as a person they will admit it because i believe you can live your whole life without admitting this but race is the most important thing it is the biggest issue and it'll always be the biggest issue race relations don't you think now you've went a step too far. I think at the end of the day, we're all the same. And I um, think we're all... <laughs> Yeah, well... Yeah, no, I'm joking. No, 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 I agree. With, yeah, of course. Of course. That's the final I think battle. You, but I do think you can live your whole life and never accept that. You can even be exposed to it and never accept that as the truth. But I, and I always say, you know, if you're at all interested in the truth, you know, if you're all interested in taking that red pill and just seeing... I kind of associate it with, are... like, imagine if you were, like, to, to when they find out that, you know, I don't want to use if you found out like a close sibling of yours was like a violent rapist, mm -hmm. you know, you'd kind of be like, oh, no, no, that, that's not the real him. Or, uh, yeah. you know, you would kind of just ah, I know everybody's singing that. I know it's probably true, but ah, no, 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 that's that's not the Johnny I knew. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I know it was. But uh, look, uh, let's end this on a light note. Uh, it's yeah. something we can all laugh at. Uh, so, so, you know, like AEW's touring and shit now and WWE, they're back to touring. And uh, why did I ever think I wanted to buy the tickets? It's just so fucking degenerate. It's so yeah, sad and nasty. This, you were into this a long time ago. I remember when Cody Rhodes first said he was coming out with uh, some wrestling promotion. I said, oh, that's gay. And then you scolded me almost. You almost scolded me. Yeah, well, I wanted said, it to be good. It, it, I, it well, didn't have to be gay. <laughs> there was no reason. I mean, it's just because you want something to be good. I mean, you look at the facts. <laughs> yeah, well, like, hey, people I, involved. I, Dude, I told you by I about week was... three. I watched that show for about three weeks. I watched all the pay-per-views. And then by about week three, I said, ah, let's pump the brakes. It's not really what I wanted. Yeah, all right, I, well, I voiced my concerns very early on. I didn't on. need three weeks to figure out that the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes aren't going to put together. Well, you a... blindly gambled on red, and it came up red. It's not like you. this was a <laughs> high IQ play on your part. All right. All right. You're just the E-drone. You're a little E-shitter. And over here, we don't respect hey, E-drones. That's not like I watched that product either. I didn't know. <laughs> This new one's not gonna, oh, yeah. The reason it was gay is because of Triple H was the reason it was gay. <laughs> but uh, uh, there's this clip, man. I gotta send you this gif. It's uh, I don't know what show it's from, but uh, it's like all these you know, and they're all like clones of each other, they're all fat, they're all receding hairline, they're all bald, they all have beards, and they all uh, uh, are wearing these AEW shirts. When he was the crowd, is like 
the camera's panning over to the crowd. Man, hey, just... I want—I don't want to cut you off. That reminds me, though. I don't know if I told you the story before. Uh, this is real quick because I'm going to forget it. You remember what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. But you talk about these these fat receding hairlines, and I know it's a joke, and you know they don't all look like that. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's... It reminds me of this one time. Anytime someone wears a wrestling shirt, you know, I consider myself to be cool. You know, you're married, you have a wife, and you have a good life, and I feel the same way. Like, like I'm not a fucking fag or anything like that. I'm one of the cool wrestling fans, but I will, you know, openly admit if someone wears a wrestling shirt or wants to strike up a conversation. Yeah, about it's wrestling, like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll try to do it. And, uh, you know, you know, 19 times out of 20, I'm like, oh, you know, you're a faggot. So that, yeah, that, that shouldn't have done that. But every now and again, there's another cool guy who, who kind of gets it. But at uh, one time I remember going, uh, I was at a, I was at the chicken restaurant that I worked at. I used to eat out of the trash ad all the time. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you all as, as fans of the old show will remember. This is that that restaurant. Uh, I was cleaning up at the end of the night. And if there, was, there guy, was an old show. Huh? If, if there, there was, was an old, an old show, show yeah. and that had any fans, that, that that's something they'll remember. But, uh, yeah, there was a man that worked there. Or, no, he, he was a man at the end of the night waiting for his, like, to-go order. And he was actually cl- clad head-to-toe in, you know, Cody Rhodes, the oh, American. Cody. Not even Cody Rhodes. Cody, the American Nightmare. He had, And I'm not joking. He had a Cody American Nightmare hat. He had a Cody American Nightmare long sleeve shirt, Cody the American Nightmare uh, like pajama pants, Jesus, and Cody the American Young Buck uh, slippers. All what? All get whole get up. Yeah, these slippers. are things. Yeah, I, that's another thing. These are all things. Yeah, he had a hat, long sleeve shirt. I gotta pants. say real quick, real quick for a company that got their start as a t-shirt company and used to have. I mean, look, the Bullet Club shirts in the beginning are kind of sick. A lot of people weren't even wrestling fans were attracted to them because they look pretty right. fucking cool. There's a lot of cool apparel, dude. If you look at their apparel now. What the fuck happened? That was what you guys were. And then the apparel is so gay. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's really gay. Well, anyway, he's wearing this. I don't know if it was Gen 1 apparel or, or what you would call it. It looked pretty gay to me. But um, anyway, he was with the woman, too, which was surprising. But obviously, she was uh, grotesque. He was absolutely, this woman was absolutely repulsive. But anyway, they were standing there, and I went up to him. And I was like, oh, man, you're uh, like your AEW fan, huh? And then, you know, he's, yes, you know, he talks like that. Yes, I am. And then uh, I immediately, oh, never mind. And I uh, walked away. But uh, he, yeah, he, the real, it was brief. I just said, oh, you're an AEW fan. He's like, yes. And I was, oh, who do you like? And oh, I like Darby Allen. And anyway, oh, you're killing me, dude. This is, yeah. So I, I walked away. I was, oh, that's cool. Him and his, him and his wife or whatever are here getting chicken. Anyway, <sighs> what stuck out to me was that this guy, yeah, was fat. His belly, this is a long sleeve shirt fair, and I can only imagine, it wasn't a fucking small, uh, his belly was sticking out of the shirt, and he had a very bad receding hairline. <laughs> yeah. Just, so now every beard. time you say that, I picture this man. Beard? Was there a beard? Yeah, he had a beard, a very patchy, very a beard that should never have grown out. A beard that you should <sighs> never grow out because it was a bad beard. It was patchy. It was uneven. Just, yeah, you're clean shaved. You have to lose a lot of weight and be clean shaven, man, because the beard doesn't look good. Yeah, and receding hairline, and the type of receding hairline where it's like a widow's peak, and then the two ends go, you know, very far back. That yeah. type, the very, the most unfortunate kind of <laughs> receding you can have, where you have a, you know, you have a sphere of hair in the front, and then a fucking completely bald, and then the back yeah. has hair. That's what he had when he removed his hat. That's what he had. So it was, yeah, very unfortunate. Well, like one of those shitters, one of those random generated calls. Maybe was, one of that guy. Yeah, maybe yeah it's guy. one of those guys. But the camera pans on him. And he's like recording, you know, everybody fucking has to look at something through the, even though you paid $7,000 for your ticket, yeah. you still have to watch it through your fucking through your 1080p phone. phone. You can't yeah. look at your fucking eyes. Anyway, so he's doing that. 
and uh he's like already hype everybody around him's like A-W, you know he's doing that and then i guess that the horses start trotting and it's like adam page's song he literally balls his fist right balls his fist stops recording now he can't even contain himself he balls his fist and he's shaking and he's going oh you know and he's like, oh, adam page you know and it's like the camera pivots back and you see adam page enter. you know what i'm talking about where you're so excited or so incensed <laughs> I've never seen this clip, but I'm aware. Yeah, on Christmas when I was eight years old. Yeah, yeah. It's a grown fucking man with a receding hairline, crooked teeth. What are you? What the fuck? (laughs) Anyways, just sick. It's fucking disgusting, dude. And and, you know, in some ways, wrestling is hotter than it's ever been. I don't know. No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know. Fandom was ever that hot for Bret Hart. Do you think people got like that with Bret Hart? Yes, dude. I've seen videos of fucking in Mexico wrestling 1990 where they were trying to fucking fuck vampiro canadian say uh, oh those way. are women though I, I'm yeah saying, obviously the product was hotter then dude i don't know i don't know if the yes, fans the product, were, the product that guy here pharaoh that guy would die for adam page i promise you that guy would die for adam page he's probably that's gonna all there kill is now not too all long there is not- now is these fucking uh masochist fans that are but give me a John Moxley butt plug and I'll fuck myself, you know. Yeah, so it's disgusting, you know. I, I saw this. Me. I saw this picture as a selfie. Is another of these Klingon style fucking uh, uh, <laughs> receding hairlines where the whole fucking forehead is there, and but they still have long, shorter length hair. And, he, <laughs> yeah. and he's taking a, he's taking a picture of himself in a hospital bed, no <laughs> smile, no nothing, you know, arms fat, flabby, and skinny all at the same time. And he's taking a selfie, and on the bottom of the selfie it says. John Moxley better have kicked Carl Anderson's ass because I uh, dislocated my shoulder cheering for him. What? The so he didn't even fuck? get to watch the show. He like had to go to the ER because over a dislocated <laughs> shoulder. I would stand there and just enjoy the pain. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the ER tomorrow. I guess. You know, <laughs> fucking his guy. He knows this shit is fake, right? It's gay. And he didn't even stay there to watch it. Okay, you dislocated <laughs> your shoulder. Big deal, dude. <laughs> fucking grow up. He knows this shit is fake, right? I don't know. Oh dude. my gosh! I, I, I got a couple more things to run through real quick, and then we'll call it a day. But I, I want to end on a lighter note because you went really dark and in a really, uh, quite frankly, an uncomfortable direction. Yeah, never and I want to say this. Can I say something, or you want to just leave? Say it real quick. Yeah. Look, I want to say. Look, um, I, it's I don't hate everyone. I, it's something I can't explain. I think uh, one famous guy said uh, one time, you know. I can't tell you what racism is, but I know it when I see it. It's the same thing about this. I can't explain it to you. I can't explain to you my views. I know what they are, all right? So <laughs> it's, I don't hate everyone. I'm not. I'm really not even racist, okay? I'm just looking out for... You know what? For first one, what you're always doing wrong is you're already denying that. I never deny the hard R. I never deny the word that I'm racist. I say, who cares? What, why do you care? What does it matter? What I feel? The, I mean, no, I don't. I don't think racism is real is a, is a real word. I don't think it's a real term. It's a term that we only started using what about a hundred years ago to describe just only European people. Uh, no, I don't think it's a real word. I don't accept the basis. I think we all are. So there's that. Uh, yeah, don't don't be afraid of that word. That word. All right. Let people call. Well, don't ever deny that. If you get called that, just accept it. There's no reason to refute that. Uh, all, right, all right. That that really that really disarms them. If somebody calls you a racist. Oh, and you're not offended by and, it. And, yeah. and, and you don't offend. You don't argue. You don't say, no, I'm not. You've already won. Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Okay. Anyways, let's move it along. Uh, uh, yeah. You took this in a very bad direction. I'm going to try to get us back on course and, and cross over the finish line with smiles okay. on our faces. Uh, 
Well, if you, if we did have another show, I don't know if you remember, but that was if that we was did, this might have been the reason why we had it eventually. Well, that me taking us in a bad direction, you know, comedically and otherwise, that that was a big reason for us scrapping that other. If we did and I'll, I'll say if we did, I was a big part of that too. I even yeah, on yeah. my own released some episodes that were, uh, quite frankly, uh, I'm surprised I'm not locked up. Uh, <laughs> they got so fucking off the rails. Uh, well, so yeah, no proof of it ever happening. So. Uh, look, uh, we got a beautiful community out there. This is from one of you guys. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of pieces, uh, a couple of promos that other people have written. Oh, they submitted them to us. Yeah, and I'm going to read real quick a situation somebody submitted. Okay, so, so check. This well, they out. submitted this. So where do they submit this to? Go ahead and say, say the email. So oh, superfightfreaks at gmail.com. No, superfightfreakspodcast at gmail.com. Well, Again, oh, so, that's superfightfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You send us anything. And we'll talk about it on any musings, that? any poems, any musings, like any thoughts, poems, Manifestos, novels, questions, whatever. We'll interact with you, baby. Hey, it's always open. Okay. All right. I'm going with that. Go ahead. Uh, this young, this young, he he would like to be anonymous. Uh, this is what he said. And that's fine. Yeah, we'll respect that. A lot of you guys, like, this is a safe space. Like I said, for your musings, manifestos, whatever you want to get off your chest, say what you need to say. Yeah, it's going to be anonymous. Yeah, give us, give us an alternate name. You know, I go by H Town Hit. Uh, this Chinatown coon over here. Yeah, yeah. Give us one of yours, and, and that's what we'll refer to this. Yeah. Uh, so this says, be me, be in high school, be in a film analysis class. Teacher randomly starts talking about WWE. Says everything about WWE is fake. Everyone in the class is laughing and agrees. I'm sitting in my chair, absolutely vibrating. I pop up and get in the teacher's face. This is a tough business, and that's why you ain't in it. And that's why these dorks in their chairs ain't in it. The teacher chuckles and says, well, I think it's fake. Before the sentence is even finished, I hit him with an open hand slap and he drops like a sack of shit. <laughs> What's that? Is that fake? That was an open hand slap. What the hell's matter with you? You think it's fake? As that's he's legal. getting up, as he's getting up, I slap him again and he runs away crying. No one in the class does shit. And I protected our business. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's not really amusing as a guy. He stole that, but, you know, that's fine. That's, hey, if you want to plagiarize something completely and submit it to us, we'll read it and we'll give you the credit. Well, that last line was good. No one in the class does <laughs> shit and I protected our business. Uh, uh, this yeah, is I'm sure history will look upon him fondly. Somebody attached a, a picture of Adolf Hitler, <clears throat> and it says, Now, if you want to see old Uncle Adolf stomp a mud hole in this little kike, give me a seagull. <laughs> I said that was a good one. Uh, now here I got another one. This is a this is uh this is really dueling promos. I guess like a like you know a classic attitude era show. You start the you, show. You know what I like thread. about doing this, Pharaohs? I like this gives people kind of idea of stop saying my name, you retard. My name is very <laughs> specific. Okay. Yours, oh, all right, all right. All right. Can you your right, edit name, this whole interaction? Everybody has your shit skin name, man. Nobody has mine. <laughs> Okay, are you gonna edit it and out? That's not my legal name. So don't you get smart, any of you little fucks out there? <laughs> that, that name will get you nowhere for good reason. But still, oh, I think, I, it, I, don't oh, like I think it will. But uh, no, actually, no, it won't. Don't even yeah. fucking try. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, edit it out. Just edit it out. I don't have time to fucking. I'm not gonna edit it out. <laughs> but it's just a warning. Don't even try because my name is encrypted. No, no, I I'll know what you're doing. All right. So you don't even do want to open that can of worms. I won't do it anymore. Listen. All right. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just you just had to interrupt me and drop my name, huh? I'm sorry. Yeah. I won't do that anymore. From all right. Here go on ahead. Out, yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Just say it in the beginning of the podcast. Let me know what the alias is. I did. H- I do it every time. That's the first things I say on the podcast. I know. I know. I know. Is. I'm saying before we even go on the air, just explain it to me. And then Jesus. All right. Look, what guys, you... see, this is the trouble we go to to, to explain. What did you want to say? Shame. What did you want to say? Anyway, I was just saying I don't even remember. Uh, no, I was just saying that this is a good. I'm glad we're doing this. It gives people an idea of the type of things they need to be submitting to us, that this is the type of flavor we're going for. So yeah, if you have you can ask some gay little question, but th- this is better. This is preferred. This kind of this content. is preferred. Yeah, if you ask, yeah, you can ask us, you know, where we're from or what we like to eat or whatever, and we'll answer. Yeah. But yeah, this is preferred. All right. Uh, so this is a uh, you know that's a dueling promos. Very actually very good booking idea. You open the show up with one of these promos, and then the other guy answers back somewhere point later on in the show, and you got a little running thread. You know. Mm-hmm. So this is Hulk Hogan. I can't really do a Hulk Hogan voice, but oh well. <clears throat> Oh, no, this is actually this first is it opens up with a stone cold promo. At some point, I'm going to make a pause. I'll stop talking and I want you to start with the what. All right. All right. I'll just okay. have to come in when I think so. Or you'll tell me I, I, it'll be a pause. I, I'll make a good pause. OK. Uh, give me the damn mic. Homoster. I don't give a good goddamn what you think. I ain't denying my my lust for man meat. In fact, you're the one in denial. You think I care if you turn down my invite to the Ramada for cocktails? I was busy playing hide the hot pocket with HPK and the Dudley boys. Now, homoster, I know you need all the publicity you can get these days. What? But don't you dare start thinking that you're the alpha gay. What? The big gay. What? The bull gay. What? I said, give me the damn mic. What? So I can. <laughs> what? So I can stick it. What? So I can stick it up my ass. <laughs> what? If a monster is a washed up cock gobbler, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So now here's the, uh, this is later on in the night. Now you got a really impassioned Hulkster. Uh, the, the mean Gene is interviewing him and, and Hulk Hogan, he's bubbling, he's seething, he's boiling, he's simmering. All right. Okay. Okay. I don't, I can't really do a Hulkster voice. Uh, uh, Stone Cold, I'm through trying to educate you on embracing your gay side, brother. If you can't accept that you love hot cocks, then there's no saving you. I saw it in your eyes when I declined your invitation for cocktails at the Ramada. I could see the anger and lust emerge in your eyes. I saw it as it moved through your retinas, entering your optic nerves and into your cerebral cortex where it twisted your mind. Listen here, Jack. You'll never taste the love nectar of the homoster. You'll never take in its musky bouquet. You'll never be gay enough, Stone Cold. Never! And then that's it. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was fucking weird, man. I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think that's, oh, good that's the people out there. What are you gonna say? You know, I did appreciate. No, it's the fine. It's fine. These are all anonymous. Yes, these are all anonymous. Uh, let me see if yeah, I, got I can any see. More. I can see why. Uh, <laughs> I can see this why. one is is a good one. It's kind of odd. I haven't read this one. Uh, 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 this one is uh, this is a little blurb. Um, somebody this is okay. a true story. Anonymous person. Uh, True story. I used to do backyard wrestling as kids. And when I was 12, I did a pedigree on my friend and accidentally broke his damn neck. He had a ton of <laughs> he had a ton of surgeries, but was left paralyzed from the neck down. Family went through a lot of legal stuff with the other family, but I didn't get in trouble since it was accidental. It fucked me up for years, though, and I went through pretty bad depression. The kid actually died in his early 20s. I'm 35 now and still feel like a piece of shit for what happened. All thanks to that triple nose faggot, Paul Levesque. <laughs> Well, it's Paul Levesque's fault. <laughs> yeah, and this is one of the last. This is kind of off topic. Uh, I don't know why this was sent, but uh, 
are you aware of some rapper called Spotum Gotum? No. Well, if you type it in his name, it's it's just the most degenerate urchin roach-like rat-like creature that's a rapper that you could ever imagine okay you know, i've already got a great picture in my head oh my god absolutely looking like a rugrats fucking reject i don't know what to describe him as he looks like yeah he's so it's literally like what my what 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 h-town just said uh picture that in your head and yep that's what right, it looks his like. name is uh it. his name is spot him got him okay okay and so somebody i guess saw a picture of spot him got him this is how it starts is the picture attached it says is that spot him got him that nigga has been on my mind. No cap. I've been thinking about the time I barebacked him raw in a Boca Raton Airbnb. <laughs> that shit had to be the tightest, blackest, wettest boy pussy I ever laid pipe into. I swear to God, the most heavenly highest gargling that Wonder Boy's nuts while going fist deep in his shitter. I had spot him, got him, and scream. I had spot him, got him screaming in the sheets and head too delicious to ignore. That nigga frotted my cock until he busted on my mouth. I had to return the favor. That nigga spot him, got him, and I've been fucking nonstop ever since. But keep that shit on the DL. He does that shit for free. If, <laughs> if, if, if you're going to ask me how long spot him, got him, I'll be dead ass. All you got to do is ask. Be straight up. Get physical real quick. Touch his nuts, get on your knees, talk his shit. He doesn't play around with no pansy ass niggas either. He likes his man manly and his dick thick. Dark skin, 6'5 is the minimum. And I ain't talking about hype, boy. That nigga spot him, got him, stole my heart and drank my seed. That, uh, someone sent that to you? <laughs> yeah, man. He asked you to keep it on the down low, man. That might have been a personal email. He was just. <laughs> That's another thing. You guys can vent to us if you know. I mean, I know it's COVID nineteen, and you can't get out, and it, or it was COVID nineteen, and 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 you couldn't get out, and there was a lot of things you wanted to tell. You can always send them to us, and you know we might read them on the air. I got one last one, quick little blurb, it was a little like a confession, I guess. I'm okay. gonna tell you, bros. So I've been a, getting a lot of those. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I've been getting a lot. Of the inbox is full. I'm gonna tell you, bros, a story about Victoria. She was the first woman WWE figure I ever got. One time when we were going to my nan's house, I brought some of my wrestlers, and for the entire half-hour trip, I spent my time sucking on her tit like an uber <laughs> horny autismo. And that's okay. all he had to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking... <laughs> that's hilarious, man. That's fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, right, I man. like these. Yeah, good. so again, guys, you guys want to get in on this Super Fight Freaks podcast? That's an absolute medley. That's a cornucopia of the kind of content we would like. I would like more of that you yeah yeah that's the sort of flavor like i said you can send whatever you want but i mean try to you is know, there any of that you didn't like is there any of that that you think is not pertinent to what we're doing here no i mean like i said it, it's you know there's, there's no rules there's no guidelines this isn't you know there certainly isn't k100 where you're going to be censored you can say whatever you want you can confess to crimes do whatever man yeah you can disagree with us agree with, if you disagree with us you're not getting read on the air i'll say that but I um, mean, unless it's funny, but other than that, yeah, there's no rules. I, I fucking I all of that was nice. Yeah. And just a, a strong suggestion. Uh, um, do not ask us for our thoughts on some fucking fight that happened or little prediction on what we think. Who cares? You can get that from a thousand and one different podcasts. We're here talking about spitting seeds, spilling seed, Adolf Hitler, Saig Hiles. This is shit that you can't get anywhere else. So don't look. Yeah. Don't fucking look, ask me what I think fights, about fights. Uh, we might versus, cover uh, it. Uh, Who's Poirier going to fight next? Uh, uh, Charles Oliver. Yeah, don't ask me what I think is going to fucking happen about that, because I don't Yeah, care. yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. And if we don't talk about it, it's because it was fucking gay. So yeah. we didn't uh, talk about it. I, I think I'm ready to put a bow on this today. You got anything else you need to say? 
Uh, I think it was a long episode, so uh, no. You, you, you did it. You just ran somebody else's shit over there in Vegas. Who 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 did you throttle? Uh, there's a guy who's gonna be fighting on the PBC. Uh, his name is a uh, Cody Crowley or Cody Crawley or something like that. And you that. throttled him. Throttled him good. Let him know yeah, how we do things in Chinatown. So throttled him good, and uh, you know we we had, we had some spirited back and forth. But I throttled him. Throttled him nice. I throttled him good, and. Uh, I think uh, he's something he won't forget for a long time. I'm trying to get him ready for his. Uh, I told him, you know, I'm gonna try to get him ready for your fight. Uh, I think he's fighting August third, and then I, you know, after I kicked his ass, I, you know, I was like, you know, I told him you've got a long way to go. I don't know if this is gonna be enough time. You keep, you know, I told him to come on back and try again, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if you want to keep coming on, I'll, I'll keep trying to help you. But I told him I don't think it's gonna be enough time. Uh, call uh al Heyman and, and see if you can get it pushed back or something so you know i don't i don't expect too many good things from him so no and he's just gonna be added to the list right you've already done this so there are countless people right yeah yeah you know they, they think that you know they've been drinking the kool-aid and they think they're good and, and they might have been good wherever they're from but you know they're, they're not from chinatown and i've never seen them before never most of these guys have never heard of before they have to explain to me all of their accolades and once that happens you know you're you know you know this guy's a fucking phony and he's just dying for your approval or he's just hoping you're gonna drink the kool-aid like everyone else before you did but you know that's not something we do here on this podcast it's not something i do so yeah once you figured out you download the little information he landed some good punches but as soon as i figured it out i gave it back to him you know 10 times worse than he gave it to me and you know he's not the first victim and he won't be the last so you know, I beat him, and I'm I'm moving on. And uh, like I said, if he wants another free ass whooping, they're free, so you can come and get it anytime. But uh, I'm not even interested in the work anymore. You know? Yeah. I took everything I needed from him. I took his soul, all his. You know, it's like it's kind of like a world of warfare or whatever. One of those mm, one of those like computer games. You know, I took his mana and his skill points. You know, I, I, I once I murdered him, though those all got absorbed onto my cash. So now I, I I took what I needed from him and I don't need him anymore. But like I said, if he wants to come on back, uh, you know I can always use a I can always use a punching bag. Amen. And with that, I think it's time to wrap it up. And I just want to leave a thought in everybody's head. I got I got a new song selection this week to take us out. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. I wake up every day and I ask myself, it always used to be gay. Was it always like this? If only you knew how bad things really are. And real, I found this word that kind of describes it, man. I've really been feeling uh, a sense of. Uh, Inomua. And what that is, it is it, it, it's a longing, almost when you feel nostalgia for a time you've never experienced yourself. Can you relate with that? Have you ever felt that you ever felt nostalgic for something that you didn't quite experience yourself? You look at old pictures, you look yeah. at how things used to be. And I never experienced yeah, that, but I get this wave of nostalgia over I me. I get that of the 90s a lot or the mid 90s. Like I watch an episode of Seinfeld and I get very nostalgic. Like, oh man, I wish to go back to, you know, 1993 looks like the best fucking year. Yeah, I wasn't even alive. So, yeah, I did that all the time. All right. So with that, uh, I bid you adieu. Peace out. Bye. Oh,
Shit.